Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the penultimate episode of Sex with Charlie and Nina, season three. We are joined today by a our friend, Tana Hassan, who is a sex addiction specialist um, the chat goes on, but it's an absolute joy to listen to. We This episode, I think, is around two hours long. Um, and then after we finished recording, he stayed for another like three hours. We're just chatting. He's a wonderful and interesting man. So enjoy the episode. Thank you to our sponsor, the lovely Luke. Van Boom from Bang Boom Creative. Once you go bang boom, you never go back, as the saying goes. Thank you to all of our new Patreons. We really appreciate your pledges to us. Um, our Patreon is Patreon forward slash Sex with Charlie and Nina. And we all we ask for is £3 a month just to support the podcast. And if you can't afford that, then please share and follow us. Yeah. Enjoy the episode. Well, we've got the spicy psychotherapist with a pop star past. It's Tana Hassan. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> what is that the intro? Psycho. Oh yeah. my god, did you? <laughs> yeah, absolute psychopath and pop star. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's way better. Merlin, <laughs> how are morning. you? I'm all right, yeah. a bit freaked out now from that intro, so we'll have to, we'll work through it. <laughs> So you're on Pop Idol. Why? Well, we've gone straight there. We've gone straight we, like to, we like to have a little, have a look, don't we? And a little dive. It's the elephant in the room, I think. Is that, it though? Yeah. Is it yeah. still now? We need to get yeah. it out of the way. I was yeah. 41 years old. I was like 19 at that time. That's a long time ago. Yeah. yeah, I know. But we have been watching clips of you for the past few days. Right. Um, as hair. a young man. Yes, yeah. you did have quite spiky, frosted tipped hair. Yes, didn't yeah. you? Well, it was the 90s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 90s boy band. That's right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you f- definitely fit the mould. So. <laughs> yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. No, so, I was 19 when I did that. Yeah, that was a very long time ago. Yeah. So um, was that like a passion for you? Was that like your dream to be a singer? Yeah, I mean, I was always um, acting, dancing, singing, all that kind of stuff. I think my parents just put me in like extra activities because I just had all this energy. Yeah. Um, I just was like... Yeah, and, I, and they knew I wanted to run off down the park and just hang out and drink yeah. 2020. So, uh, yeah, I guess those sort of things were there. And, and I loved it. It was really great. I think I loved it the most because you could be someone else. That was that's the other bit. Yeah. Like I always want to just be someone else. So when you're acting or performing, yeah, it was just something I really loved doing. And then um, just went every week to London, Pineapple Studios, always going to auditions and made it close to quite a few times, but this one they just televised and it was um, LWT at the time with um, Nigel Lithgow and um, oh, well, Nasty Nigel, they called him the name. Yeah, I, I remember, remember that. Yeah. And it had never been done before. It was the first of its kind. So it was really 
really emotional but really exciting at the same time. It was up and down the waves. Yeah. Each stage. Um, yeah, it was quite a crazy, crazy ride, um, which is good. But then when you don't get the job, six months later it goes on TV, then you get all that exposure, but you haven't got the job. So that was really oh, tough. Oh, yeah. Um, just to hold on to that. And like now I think they, they pay you and you go on tours and, you know, we didn't do any of that. So Yeah. Um, but it was a really, really great experience. And then me and two other guys, we teamed up together. And we did loads of things like um, Big Breakfast, Disney Channel, flew out to Ireland. It was just, a, it, was a, it was amazing. And um, But then he, one of the guys in the band got sold, signed by Def Soul Records oh. on our backs on a solo deal. So you can imagine, we stood there in Warner Brothers, ready to sign a deal. All we needed to do was sing. Just one verse, one chorus, and the deal was done. And it didn't turn up. And we just look like twats. So we're just sitting there and he's saying, um, you know, are you serious? Like, there's so many people that want to be here. And I was like, yeah, no. And this is the guy that turned down Craig David. And oh um, and then he was, he'd made a mistake. Obviously, he'd moved to Warner from Sony. And um, so I was just sitting there and I had to just leave. And, I, and we got a voicemail saying, I've been signed by Def Soul. So that was horrible. Um, and then they dropped him after one, one single. And then he moved back to America. And uh, that was a depressing time. Very depressing. Jesus, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can imagine, like, the high of you being on the precipice of just making it and then yeah. let down at the last minute by someone who was you thought you could trust, really. Absolutely, yeah. And um, at that time, like, we had a good few deals that were offered and I didn't really um, care about the money. I didn't, you know, the yeah. deals were, were very good, but I just wanted to get out there, just wanted to perform. And we had a couple of deals and... Um, I remember it clearly. We had this one, and we had to think about it, and we went to Centre Park with my family for the weekend. And um, the security turned up at our um, lodge and said, "Oh, we wanted to know if you want security for the weekend." So I'm like, "Yes, I'm gonna need that." Gonna <laughs> yes, need I, that. I don't want to be mocked by the fans. I definitely need that. Yeah, yeah. And my mum and dad was like, "No, he don't need that." I'll like, bring you back to earth. You know, they were just laughing. I think it was hilarious. Yeah. And I was just signing autographs all weekend. It was a really just a, a little taste of what's going to happen. You know, you walk through the high street and, you know, that kind of stuff. I think the times it wasn't good was when I'd go out raving because I was a bit of a, a bit of a raver, a bit of a London raver. So I used yeah. to go to Fabric on a Friday and oh, yeah. you know, drugs are a big part of my story and that's kind of what happened. So that was a bit weird when you're sort of off your neck <laughs> raving it up on a Friday night and someone recognising you in this clean-cut, wholesome TV show and then there's you just yeah. off your nut, I think. <laughs> I've met people like Goldie and Groovide and they were just like, what, this is really weird. They didn't know you like doing things like that. But, um, you know, and I think I was in KFC and someone asked me to sign something, but I was like literally off my neck. And they were like, are you on drugs? No, not on drugs. I just got out of there. and was just like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah. So there was, you know, I was quite a confused, lost kind of guy. But um, yeah, it was, it was fun for a while. And then I had to just sort of, yeah, I think I had to make stuff up in the end. That was horrible, actually, because people would always ask you, what are you doing now? That was always the question. Yeah, and I just it got dark after that because I just felt like so deflated, so close, yeah. so for so long. What do you do with that? All that hype, and that hype starts to move down, and I kind of didn't want that to go. That buzz, you know, and it was great being recognised for yeah. a while, and it was great having that attention for a while, um, and until it wasn't, and then it would turn into. Well, you know what we're like in Britain. We, we we love an underdog. And then when you get there, we judge you like hell. Yeah. And that's kind of what was happening. People were judging or assuming they knew me or they thought I was being arrogant. And it, you just had to be this character all the time. Yeah. And that's really tiring. 
Um, so so it was really great, really fun. But you're 19. What do you know at 19? Yeah. What do you, you know? Oh, God, I get I'd it. hate to be 19 again. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. do it again. I wouldn't do anything like that again. No. No, no. Would you not recommend it for anyone? Do you think the pressures of fame are just too much? I, d- I just don't think that route is the right way. And maybe I could say that because I didn't win, but I think um, I know the people that did win and I, I know them personally and there's some of the stories they've shared yeah. with me. It's like how they were treated. Um wasn't great and I think it's a lot of it it's exposure isn't it it makes good TV so I don't think they look after people in that right way yeah um, I think there's a lot of stuff around mental health that doesn't get taken if they're young you, know, mm. you need to look after them and I don't think that is there and I think sometimes some people will capitalise on that that desperation if people want to be famous yeah and then we're losing sight of really what that's about it's actually I want to be a performer I want to sing I want to act that's really the art mm. yeah and I think there is a fine line between, you know, so I think those people have a responsibility to make sure they look after them. But I don't know if they do. I'm out of that business. So I have no idea if they do or not. Yeah. yeah. It does seem to be um, what happens. Because when you look at yeah. people like Amy Winehouse, yeah, yeah. that should have been protected right from the start, just an amazing talent. And she was just just hung out to dry, wasn't she? Absolutely. Just squeezed for every penny anyone right. could get yeah. out of her. Right. Which, um, and it seems to happen like... Very sad. Yeah. I mean, even like people that have done Love Island, you know, there's yeah. a lot of suicide. Yeah, mm. oh God, there's been lots of them, hasn't there? And so from... judgmental. Yeah. People are so judgmental about it, they don't understand it. So there's a responsibility. You've got to look after these people. If you're going to do shows like that, there is yeah. a responsibility, isn't there? Yeah. 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 And and like you said, there's just so young. So yeah. it, they're so easily, like, you're so insecure when you're younger. Like you were saying earlier about, like, you know, sex in general, about mm-hmm. how, like, when you're younger, you kind of a bit like trying everything and a mm-hmm. bit like, you know, like insecure maybe and then you just mellow out. And I know you was going to talk a bit about that. Um, well, I wasn't, but now I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're here. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and the same thing just sort of happens with that. They're just easily, they're just young minds, aren't they? They're, yeah. They can easily be damaged and uh, social media definitely plays oh, a massive yeah. part in that now. I can imagine it's a lot harder now. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. For someone scrutinised for your every move. That's why I'm glad that we grew up in a generation that wasn't mm. documented because you can't find pictures of me being an absolute fucking record. Yeah. <laughs> I think so... <laughs> It's a small place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've heard the slow motion video on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Yeah. But it's like everything is judged now, isn't it? Like mm. every single move you yeah. make, mm-hmm. every decision, every photo, every video. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would not have survived under that pressure. No. It's too. It's too. Uh, it is too much. Yeah. Um, and it's become an addiction in itself. Social media. Yeah. Um. And I think people portray versions of themselves they want you to see, which is really yeah. important. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I only ever look hot on social media, but obviously in real life, okay. trash bag. <laughs> <laughs> the honesty, yeah. the honesty yeah. is coming out now. So it is, she's ranting. She's ranting But it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, though. I'm a person. I'm always but doing lovely things with charity <laughs> online, but in real life, I'm kicking homeless people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, are you even doing charity work unless everyone knows about it? No. <laughs> Again, it's all coming out. All, just let it out. Just be free. So addiction. I wanted to talk about sex addiction. Yeah. yeah. As it's a sex podcast. Okay. That would make sense. It would make yeah. sense, wouldn't what it? Do you want to know? I was going to ask you first yeah. to sing for us, but I, f- yeah. I feel like I shouldn't now. Definitely. Maybe you can do that. you sing like the outro. Hell no. 
<laughs> That's all right. We'll just use a clip that we found earlier then. Oh, right. shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's up to you, Tana. Let's let it go. It was 19, right? Yes. 41. I'll never let it go. We've been stalking you all yeah. this time. Well, and I've... now we have you in our clutches. There was a video I see of you recently doing a little bit of... Your friend was doing some acoustic. Oh, Robert Heisey. a little... Oh yeah, well, yeah. Even that, they were. We was. Um, that was when I went and trained to do some unconscious mind therapy, which I can talk about later. And he, um, they, they sort of said what I could sing and whatnot. And he, he, lo- he, he loves singing. He's always, you know. And the students, they were like, "Come on, come on, come on!" I was just like, "No, I really don't want to. I just want to just learn and listen and talk and yeah. anyway." So they got it out, and I was so nervous. Cause I hadn't sung in front of anyone for so long. I can do it on a camera. Put yeah. it up or whatever, and that's no problem. But actually, I really enjoyed it. It was all, it was all right, you know. It was oh. a good vibe. So yeah, so that, is that what you saw? Okay, yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was really cool. <laughs> ain't no sunshine, wasn't it? There's ain't no sunshine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, lovely song. <laughs> okay, yeah. so sex addiction. Sex addiction. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so what do you want to know? I want to know Everything. what defines sex addiction. Yeah. Good point. I think. Um, a lot of people that I've come across will always say, um, when they find out what I do, they they do ask, they say, oh, I'd love to have that addiction. And that seems to be the common phrase that comes out. Yeah. You would not want that addiction. It's very lonely. You know, it's, it's very lonely. And I think the way we've got to look at addiction is we can't treat addiction as addiction as addiction. There are different components and different yeah. ways that you'll treat it. So, for example, you wouldn't treat someone addicted to heroin in the same way you would with cocaine, right? Because yeah. there can be some physical different aspects and whatnot. So there, there is variations. But um, it doesn't really matter what your acting out is. It's really about your relationship with it. So yeah. you could be a heavy drinker and you could be an alcoholic. Yeah. And the heavy drinker could consume more alcohol than the alcoholic could. But what makes them the alcoholic is the relationship. It's the dependency to it. It's yeah. what the payoff is. Um, it's that overriding obsessive thought to change the way that you feel. So in that way, you can be addicted to anything. Scrolling, social media, like, I don't know about you, but if I'm, for example, really stressed or whatever, I'm a massive scroller. When I'm stressed or a bit anxious or stuff going on, I just can't yeah. stop scrolling. Mm. And it's a detra- it's a distraction from self, right? It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a coping mechanism. It's a soothing way of self-soothing. Yeah. So sex addiction <clears throat> is in that same way. And they do say, on average, if you look, because it's not just sex addiction, so underneath that comes compulsive behavior, porn addiction, and sex addiction. And... They'll say on average, if you look at porn for 11 hours a week, that would suggest it's a problem. But I've worked with many people that use it less than that. Because again, remember, it's it's not about the amount. You know, sex addiction yeah. has nothing to do about the amount of sex. Because a lot of people think, oh, I don't really have sex that much. I can not be a sex addict. Yeah. It's not the amount. It's what it represents that's important. So if you look at, um, I don't know, someone might want to um, use sex as a way of hiding from a relationship in terms of the emotional attachment right so sex quite outwardly that's the protective mechanism and that way people might have various different partners so they don't actually get intimate because they might be terrified of it and so it becomes that addiction what i think i need is i need that fix and then they go off into that avenue and it's a way of avoiding what's really inside so same with porn addiction porn addiction is the same massive i mean it's really gone up in Mm. in with women and men um because again, as you said, like social media, everything's really readily available. Where do people learn about sex, really? Well, a lot of men that I work with, they will use porn as their as their training ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so they so there is that warped perception that that's 
how you have sex. You walk into a gangbang, that's how you have sex, right? Um, yeah. And it's like kind of, it's crazy, really, um, how that has become a big, and it's, it's risen since COVID. Of course, everyone was isolated at home, yeah. not going out. People had needs. You know, It's not about dulling down your sexual desire. That's the point. So when you said define it, the point, what I'm trying to achieve with a client is to establish positive sexuality instead of negative sexuality. Because mm. that's what's what's happened. You know, it's not about healthy or unhealthy because you know your healthy sexual relationship might I might consider unhealthy. So it's not really about that. Yeah. But it's about how it makes you feel. So... The positive sexuality is what we need to reestablish. So, you know, porn gets a bad rep. Sometimes it can be a really good sexual aid. You know, I definitely um, was with a partner once. She said, you got any porn? And I just thought, like, what? No, no, I haven't. No. She was like, <laughs> yeah, you have. I was like, no. And she was like, just, just fucking put the... I was like, all right, yeah. okay. And it was the dubbed German porn that came out. And yeah. Oh, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And that was kind of sexy if you wanted to have that on. So um, it can be used in a positive sense, but it's, again, your relationship with it, you're hiding in it. And there's so much. I get more on um, porn addiction than anything. And it just, it's not just that. It's also what happens to your brain chemically. So, they, mm. so when you enter into the therapy with yourself around uh, most sex addiction therapists, you'll learn about your brain because it's about your dopamine. Yeah. So if you think about it, it kind of responds in the same way that if you took cocaine, right? So sex is supposed to be a slower release of dopamine. It's that arousal builds. So that's how sex works. But porn is instant. As soon as you put it on, you're instantly aroused. Yeah, it's there, right? yeah. So you get that flood of dopamine release, boom, 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 and that's what happens. So then quite often people will use a lot of porn, but then find that their own sex life is just flat, and they yeah. think it must just be the sex or the variety. It's like, well, no, actually, your brain is going, well, hold on, porn has given me a nice instant yeah. release of dopamine, and this is not really doing I'm it I'm having me. to work harder for right. this and longer. You're going out on the piss? Yeah. Do you get... Of a, a, a double vodka, or do you have the three yeah. percent cider? So, I'm, well, I want to get pissed. So I'm going to go and do. It. Yeah, it's kind of how the brain works, right? So it's things like that that you learn as well. So it's really not about the amount; it's about what the relationship is with it. Is that's the important bit? How do you know if you have a sex addiction? Like, what are the what are the signs for a sex addiction? Does it have anything to do with like the quantity of that you want it in or the type of sex you're having or no, is there no in, like no real indicators other than the person thinking this is probably not right? Yeah. So the kink doesn't really matter. And I don't believe, and there are many people that don't. Some people, I mean, sometimes it, it matters. You know, if you want someone to, you know, you've seen these kind of real um, dramatic um documentaries you know of dominatrix and the guy wants to be a nappy and things like that yeah okay yes that's what he's into but actually there is some kind of psychodynamic there is an attachment issue there of some sort right because sometimes we try and sexualize our trauma which is really important yeah not many people know that no um i worked with someone once who um was fascinated with wrestlers and they were straight um they class themselves as heterosexual but they would really be turned on by um men that were like wrestlers and it all turned out was a lack of dad they had lost their dad and they were just fantasized around what their dad would be like and that sort of manifested into uh sort of sexualizing that trauma because of that void and i never really knew that until you know you learn a lot from your, yeah. from your clients really but to answer your question <clears throat> so i clean my throat um it's often too late 
because you know if you're drinking or you're using there is real obvious signs right you start to put on weight yeah, or you're losing yeah. weight but with sex addiction there isn't so quite often there isn't really any symptoms that, that reveal itself until it's too late but uh, it depends on what, what that is so if it's porn so i've got a lot of people um i work with that are addicted to porn the signs will be they're not as sexually active in their in their relationships yeah. they're, they're quite distant or um they might want to act out more role play and sort of you know confuse the partner a bit like where, where are you like, where are you going with that yeah um more isolation you know short tempered um quite flat and depressive you know, there's lots of different things like many different types of addiction really is normal human behavior right so would you do things maybe like cancel plans that you normally wouldn't otherwise to mm-hmm. stay at home and Absolutely. watch porn there's that yeah because you've got to remember it's that overriding obsessive thought to change the way that you feel it's an overriding obsessive yeah. thought so that means no matter what so addiction is a bit like being in love have you ever been in love before uh, yeah 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 <laughs> right. okay that's a session in itself right? we need to talk yes. afterwards yeah. okay alright so what I say to some people that don't know about addiction, it's like it's like being in love. So if someone tells you now you can't have that love, you can't mm. see that love, like that that very notion, you will do anything, even seeing them in secret. Yeah. And that's kind of how a little bit about how addiction will work. Right, you'll do anything to have that hit. But it's usually with sex addiction, it's linked between opportunity, attachment, or trauma. So either there's been some kind of trauma like abandonment. Um, uh, sexual abuse or um, any other kind of trauma, really. Um, the attachment issues with, you know, like, for example, um, I work with people that never talked, their parents never talked about sex. In fact, it was quite a shameful thing yeah. to talk about. So but they don't get that feedback. They don't get that knowledge. So they use porn as that way of doing that. And then they realise that porn never lets you down. It just delivers every time. Yeah. Um, I've had many clients that have had a shameful experience or an embarrassing moment, right? So what happens then? They can't perform, a bit of anxiety, right? So they go soft yeah. and maybe their partner sort of outs them for it or or they just feel really embarrassed about that. I'm getting porn won't let you down. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing that happens that makes you go to them. <clears throat> don't know what's going on with my throat today. What did you put in that <laughs> coffee? <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> Watching slowly pass <laughs> <ourselves>. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jeffrey Garmadier. Yeah, yeah. You've yeah. put those kicking in. It's nice. Yeah, it's a nice amount. Thanks. Ooh, reliving the old Yeah. <laughs> Good to be back in South End. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's just how we roll with yeah. that. <laughs> okay, so with sex addiction, I was, I've read, I read um, Russell Brand's book and he, he claims to be a sex addict. Yeah. Because this is the thing I could never get my head around. So he claims to be a sex addict and he was just going to like random orgies just randomly mm-hmm. with random people mm-hmm. and just doing all sorts of crazy shit. And then you've got someone like Tiger Woods who's married, who's sleeping with supermodels on the side and then claiming that he's a sex addict. Mm-hmm. So... And it's hard for you to understand I don't, from, a, from a judging point of view. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, yeah, because so, 
because that's that is I had this thought as well and when I think about sex addiction or addiction in any capacity you do what you've got to do to get what you need to get and Tiger Woods choosing only very very attractive women Mm -hmm. to be seemed Mm -hmm. like a little bit like are you just wanting to are you just sleeping with really hot women yeah as a married man yeah well not even as a married man I think even if he was single and he was only choosing to sleep with really hot women, I'd still kind of think, like... What do you think that's saying You're about being him? a bit choosy. Is he? Or is there something deeper going on? I don't know. Well, the thing is, I can understand, is that it's completely all right, but it's just the fact that he's married, that he's a sex addict. Is he a sex addict? Or... Only he can tell you that. Or is it an excuse to try and get out And this is the thing. And this is why it's such a taboo subject, right? Because people are frightened to really talk because there is fear of that judgment, Yeah. right? Years ago, if someone was talking about someone was an alcoholic, oh, you're not an alcoholic, you just drink a little bit too much at the weekend or you just slow down. But now people will accept it. Yeah. But here, there is a, is a, a recipe for judgment, isn't it? I would say that if he's only sleeping with a particular type of lady, I think that's all about low self-worth and low self-esteem. So it's a validation. It could be. Mm. Might not be. Yeah. might just be that he's entitled and thinks, I deserve to only sleep with the best and therefore yeah. I'll sleep with the best. Right? That might be, it might be an ego. Who knows? But it could also be that to feel validated, mm. that yeah. that's what he needs yeah. because, you know, life has changed. He's not happy where he's going. He's got he's, he's stopped visualising his goals. He's stopped focusing on that. Um, something's missing in his relationship so rather than working on what's in the relationship he's looking at externally trying to fix that and of course it's not really doing anything it's just filling an unfulfillable void yeah Yeah. but is that sex addiction or is that just not communicating within your marriage right but if 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 he is committed and he can't stop and he still finds himself doing that then that would be classed as an addiction because he's addicted to that behaviour yeah So it it really does depend. Everyone is different and it's to understand the circumstances. I think um, Dr. Paula Hall, she's she's brilliant. Um, She was on the TV when, um, I can't really say that person's name, can I? Um, There was, can you say people's names, like famous people's names or not really? Yeah, go on. Can you? Yeah. No, I don't want to get sued actually, I don't want to get sued. (laughs) But when a particular person in America- Tell us after and we'll tell everyone we'll get sued. Yeah, (laughs) we can just mute this bit. so, um, yeah, he, he this, this guy in Hollywood, I think he was the first one that went to prison for all these outlandish behaviour as a producer and a director and all the kind of stuff he got up to. It was almost giving a bad advert to sex addiction. It was almost saying yeah. that you're a criminal. And yes, there is a criminality element to that. Of course there is, you know. Um, but it doesn't mean... That, you're, that you have to go into abusing someone or assaulting someone to be classed as a sex addict. Yeah. And I think the government at the moment are trying to do um, some research on on that to get some actual stats on it because it's, you know, it's not there. It's like years ago people used to say all drug, all drug addicts are, are criminals. Yeah. That's just not true. No. There are many people that work nine to five, pay tax and whatnot. Yeah. What you're talking about is a particular subgroup if you're talking about people that are smoking crack and, and heroin, yeah, it's such a Moorish drug and it's so then expensive. Yeah. Um, if you're lucky enough to continue to work, um, yeah. which is harder to do, um, 
then what are you going to do to get that habit? You're going to do anything. And then you, you know, yeah. then committing a crime to, to try and fund that habit. So yeah. you're focusing on a subgroup. doesn't mean everybody, you know, let's be honest, there's a lot more people in our communities that drink and, and use drugs now, right? Mm. In fact, oh, yeah. yeah, everyone. Yeah. Right. Everyone, you know, I know so many in the circle. Absolutely, mm. right? So does that mean that they're, they're all going robbing people's houses? No. Yeah. So it's really important to get the context. And I think that's that's a problem. And I think that's what's preventing people coming forward for help yeah. because they think there's yeah. an association that I'm, I'm a sex pest or I'm a criminal. Mm. I'm a, I assault women, I'm a harasser, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that's really, really sad because that's not true. But Tiger Woods, all right. I mean, and they'll focus on those extreme those extremities, right? So maybe you're right. Maybe he just... Maybe he's just doing what he wants when he wants to do it. But there'll always be a reason for that. You know, that's yeah. sad. If he's committed and he's married and been happily married for a period of time, he's, he's obviously not happy. Yeah. And for going to a certain type of women, I, I, I feel, just from looking at it in a quick overview, it, it will come from a place of low self-worth and low self-esteem and we need that validation. Mm. And so therefore, if I'm with the top supermodels, therefore I'm current, I'm present, I'm important, I'm useful. And maybe I might believe that one day because I've lost my way. Yeah. So it could be something deeper than that. Yeah. Or maybe he's just a greedy arsehole. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I use that as well. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt this one time. Yeah. I think. We're going to let in him the, off. In the sense of not judging people that are claiming to be so, uh, sex addicts. Yeah. Because... Like you said, my initial view of what a sex addict was is someone that is that cannot help themselves. So like people that do flash in public or masturbate in public or paedophiles, yeah. mm-hmm. for example, that's in my head, that's what a sex addict is. And that's like, what gives me anxiety hearing that because that's, that's exactly, you're right, absolutely yeah. right. And that's a shame because yeah. it doesn't mean that that is, you know, I don't think someone becomes, I don't, don't get me wrong, I don't understand flashes. I haven't worked with a lot. But what I have learned and what I know is that we, we step it up. Remember, we're talking about the dopamine. Mm. So if you go back to porn, people who first watched porn would have watched a certain type. Then there's another type. Then there's another type. Yeah. We're up in the ante all the time. We need more, yeah. right? So suddenly we're not just using the beer. Now we need the shots and yeah. now we're getting a tolerance level, right? So yeah. we're now building tolerance. So we still need that hit. The brain is craving the dopamine. So the, the dopamine hit. So therefore, you know, escalating to maybe more people in, in a sexual act or yeah. something a bit more crude or a bit more hard hitting, something more out there. Um, a lot of heterosexual males will watch transgender porn or, um, mm. you know, she-males and that kind of stuff, that fantasy. that just keeps building and building, building yeah. for more or being, watching uh, women that they're not necessarily attracted to in their, in their lives. But, you know, I've had quite a few clients that have um, really liked really large ladies on on a porn. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff comes from fat-shaming mum, who just yeah. said, you know, that girl's not good enough for you and she's too big for you and that yeah. kind of stuff. And it develops into something else. So there's always a reason behind it. But again, you're pushing those boundaries for more and more and more. And I think that's when people get caught, you know, um, flashing. It has, it has that person, they just up the ante, that they need that dopamine, then they want to be seen. You know, yeah. has it gone from watching other people have sex? Have they paid for watching other people have sex? Now they want to be seen and get that reaction and get that hit. So it's about trying to understand it if you want to. Me personally, I don't actually work um, with offenders or paedophiles. That's just my personal choice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as a therapist, you've got to be non-judgmental, right? So, but you have to be able to um, 
look at your own stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm a human being who lives in this community and I have my own life and there are certain associations I have and I just feel that my personal feelings will get in the way. So therefore, I'm not going to be the best person to help that yeah. type of, I'm just not going to be able to help you with that because I'm a dad. Mm. Yeah. You know, if I know someone's been looking at child porn, um, yes, there is a story and we can understand what's happened there. And absolutely, and they deserve to get help that they want if they want help. Um, there are some that don't want that help and that's absolutely fine, right? That's that's fine. That's, you do what you've got to do. Let the law take care of that. Yeah. But I personally just cannot work with that because I, I what happens to me is I go straight into what if that was my child? Yeah, defence, isn't right. it? Right. And then I get all these feelings and I think, no, no so then, therefore I'm not the best person yeah. to help you. You know, yeah. that's, that's okay. Um, so there are those kind of judgments. I think we all, we all go through those stages. I don't think therapists are any different. Or I've never really heard a therapist be honest that way. Maybe I'm saying that wrong, but I think I've got to be real. I've got to be honest. Yeah. There are certain things oh. I cannot help you with. Yeah. Uh, and those are two of those things I can't. I know some therapists that will work with vendors and work really well. Because again, if you remember the story, there was trauma, attachment, doesn't mean that everyone who's been abused becomes the abuser, but some do. Mm. So it's things like that. There is more to it. But of course, as a society, we just judge on what we just see. You know, Tiger Woods with pretty women. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. But actually, what's the story? So we need to understand that. Yeah. I think we need to educate ourselves more on um, sex yeah. addiction. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, you know, Russell Brand is quite open and honest about that. Um, but remember, it's the relationship with it. So, mm. you know... I'm in recovery um, for drugs and alcohol and um, about 16 years. And, you know, sex was a big part of that as well. You know, I think when I, um, towards the end of my using and drinking, I hardly ever had sex. I was too paranoid. And so when I put the drink down, when I put the drugs down, my libido came back. Yeah. And then I was almost using women like drugs. You know, it was just like... It's just replaced it. Absolutely. So... On the outside view, you could say, oh, he thinks he's a player. He's got four girlfriends and all that yeah. kind of stuff. What a twat, right? But that wasn't what was going on in my head. It was, they'll fix me. Uh, they'll fix me. And I need more. I just needed that hit. And I just didn't understand what was really going on until it was really painful. And I was thinking, what is, this is mad. Uh, you know, I was working in a, a nightclub. It's not open anymore. I was in it's Baker's Bar, which we talked about. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you weren't there. You said you weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, even then, I mean, I had... Four girlfriends at one point, uh, or I was dating four four people. I didn't have four girlfriends. I was dating four people, which is just ridiculous. And it was like a movie. I was just like, because it was so, three floors, right? There's so many but different bars. And yeah. I have like the vodka. I was like, I can get her a drink. I'm back in a minute. Yeah. I go downstairs. I'm like, how's it going? Yeah. Back in a minute. And I was just like <laughs> sweating up. Yeah. Uncomfortable. I was going to have a heart attack. I was going, please God, if there's a guy up there, this this needs to be removed. Yeah. And of course, what happened is they all sussed me out straight away and were like. That nah, see you later, and um, and I was kind of relieved for that, and um, that's just one light story. But there was there are many incidences that I felt that way, and um, it was suggested to me to stay out of relationships for a while to work on myself, and so I didn't have sex for two years, didn't have a relationship for two years. I'm not saying you should do that, but it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah, best thing mm-hmm. I ever did, and um, and now I have a healthy sex life. I'm I'm married, you know, and it's great. Um, so I think I had to go through that period of abstinence to understand and learn about myself. And really what I was suffering with was addiction and I was using everything and anything. You know, my shoe collection was ridiculous. My DVDs <laughs> went up. Yeah. Um, you know, I had T-shirts in every same T-shirt in different colours. And, you know, just that obsessive nature 
Um, and that came in the form of everything, except for gambling. Never really a fan of gambling. It was really weird. I just never really liked to bet. If I lose the money, I just never liked it. Yeah. But drugs, alcohol, you know, sex, um, that resulted into paying for it as well. Because then I thought, well, okay, I want to bring people into it. Yeah. Maybe I'll just pay for it. And then I did a Tiger Woods. I, I thought, I can't go with ladies on the street that are funding yeah. their drug habit because yeah. that felt wrong because yeah. I was in recovery for drugs. And I was just, it was just justifying in my head. Yeah. And so I go with like high-class escorts and that was just stupid. It was just, but I felt that's what I needed and it got out of control. Yeah. So out of control because it was that buzz, that rush, that avoidance of intimacy. There was no intimacy. Yeah. No, because if you... If you knew who I really was, you wouldn't like me. So I'll be in a relationship three months onto the next one, relationship, yeah. and then get out before you really see it. Yeah, before they figure out who you are. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You look at intimacy <laughs> is into me see, right? Yeah. You're looking into me, so I don't want you to see that. Um, so I would, I would I would, do that. And then that become really exciting in itself and it become quite powerful. Mm, yeah. um, and then that association with hotel rooms and, and things like that. But I knew it, and that become a problem. We talk about upping the ante. Um suddenly there was a sexual appetite that couldn't be fulfilled. That was very bizarre. Um, it was like I would, I'd call someone that used to help me uh, and I'd say, I've done it again, you know, crying. And he was just like, just go have a wank and sort yourself. I was like, I've done that already. And, you know, I've had, <laughs> yeah. had two and another one's come. He goes, yeah. all right, okay. One had already visited, lady had visited me and then another one was coming. I thought, this is, this is becoming mad. Yeah. Uh, what is going on? I'm just riddled with this stuff. I did, what am I trying? What is my body trying to communicate? What yeah. am I trying to say? Yeah. And really, what it was saying is, I'm really hurt. I'm vulnerable. I'm lost. Um, I feel unsafe. Um, I don't know who I am, and uh, I think I need someone to change the way that I feel. And I think this is what it is in sex, right? And what this is all about is new association. What I tracked down through the recovery period is that. And I do believe that, you know, what's missing us in childhood, I think we then seek out as an adult, comes out in the form of sex, right? So yeah. I think it's my little, it was my little self. Um, hmm, I was joking with someone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought again, before you get in um, No, it ain't. it's not like that at yeah. all. <clears throat> um, but, uh, <laughs> I'll show you later. So the point is, yeah, I think I was sort of, emotionally I was back to being that child again feeling lost feeling yeah. the same feelings and then I just wanted to change the way that I felt right so I had to come out of that to learn that and realize that most of my relationships were destructive yeah. whether it was me that sabotaged them or the type of person I was going for that they that, that I confused love with sex and sex with love yeah and by learning that I learned about myself and then I learned about what I actually want because yeah. I think we focus too much about what we don't want rather than what we do want yeah you know? oh, yeah yeah. Definitely. Which what? makes no sense. Makes well, no yeah. sense. Makes no if sense. If you don't know what you want, how is everyone else supposed to give it to you? Right. Yeah. And then you then there's that dependency that they're gonna give it to you and yeah. hopefully make and it's like that's not how it is. It's yeah. gotta be self love. It sounds mm. cliche, but it has to be self love. Yeah. When I looked in the mirror I did not like what I saw. No. Didn't love what I saw. So how can I expect anyone to, to give me that love if I don't think I'm worth yeah. giving love or receiving love, right? It's not until you're in like a place of like recovery or wellness that you look back and think, Fucking hell that I can't believe I was doing that or I can't believe that that was the pattern that I keep I kept accepting over and over mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. But when you're in it, it doesn't seem, even though you can identify that it doesn't feel right and it's not nice, it's hard to 
to separate it, isn't it? So you have to go through that period of recovery to look back, go, I don't definitely don't want to replicate that again. Yeah. And then going forward to create healthy relationships with people and healthy relationships with yourself. Exactly right. Relationship with yourself is the first one. That's the thing. You know? Yeah. Um like you said earlier on about maybe the mum saying you said you were single. Yeah. And it's because you won't enter into the bullshit anymore. Yeah. I don't want to play the games. I don't want all that sort of stuff. So if those so that's you taking care of yourself. That's yeah. saying, Do you know what, I've done all that. I don't want to be doing that anymore. Yeah. So the chances are there are still gonna be people you meet that are in that place. Oh, so you're yeah. never gonna be in alignment. Yeah. So you will find someone that you're in alignment with that has that same those same values and has dealt with their gear. So yeah. we're all human. None of us are free of shit. We all yeah. have stuff. But have the decency or the humility or the, the 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 courage to go and get help and sort that stuff out. Yeah. So you don't take those onto your next relationship. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So so important. Yeah. You know, I work with loads of people like that. You know, I work with people where I'll see the partner and then they will um, give their perspective and you think, okay, this is all stuff from past and childhood and mum left and I get all yeah. that. So I'll work through that. But then you meet the other partner and it's like it turns out that they've had their stuff too, right? So yeah. so what's what their their past stuff is doing is clouding what's really happening in their current relationship. Yeah. And it's they're both saying, I just want to be heard. Yeah. So I was like, well, okay, well let's if you can work on your stuff and you can work on your stuff, then you'll come together and you'll be able to work with what's really happening yeah. in a much better place. So we all have stuff. Oh yeah. And that's that's the thing, isn't it? I don't yeah. know where I was just going off on a major tangent now. Yeah. No, I think it's true. You do carry things around with you don't you a lot of the time and I think that's probably why I've been single for so long is that I was unpacking all of those things um because I don't want to repeat the same mistakes I don't want to have the same relationships that I was having Mm -hmm. because I don't want to be unhappy Mm. and I put quite a lot of effort into making myself happy so to enter someone else into that who isn't altogether mm-hmm. would be disastrous for me I think mm. at this stage of where I am because I don't think I could take on someone else's stuff mm-hmm. whilst continuing to better myself yeah um but I what do you think do you think people have to be fully healed to to go into relationships or do you think it's possible to still be sorting out your stuff and still maintain a, a healthy relationship with someone else I think it's a bit of both I think it's a bit of both I mean I'd say I was, I wouldn't say I was completely healed. I basically healed a lot about my stuff, my own, you know, there was sexual trauma that I had when I was a kid. I was sadly sexually abused when I was a kid and, and mine um, was a female. She was my babysitter and I kept that quiet for many, many years because most stories I ever heard, it was a man being abused by a man. So I almost felt. Like, well, mine doesn't qualify. You should have enjoyed it, is the attitude, isn't it? And the weird thing is, I do remember enjoying it. I was eight years old. I remember it. It was a bit naughty. It was a bit, and you know, it was was fucked up, is what it was. But um, I definitely think that contributed to me being sexually active from an early age. Yeah. You know, because I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that was what it was. I just was very interested in girls at a young, early age. Yeah. My first girlfriend at 12. um, You know, I lost my virginity at 14. so I was definitely um, sexually active, and I think that played a part. I think it confused and warped some of the ideas yeah. uh, of that stuff. Um, but you learn that when you come out the other side. You yeah. know, uh, my attitude was, well, everyone's losing their virginity, but not actually, not everyone was. Yeah, you know, not everyone did do that. Um, so, but I, I think when I 
stayed out of it and learned about myself and learned about all those relationships, then I was able to focus on what I actually want. Yeah. You see, there's a two-step process to that. It's around visualisation. It's really important. As I said, we focus too much on what we don't want rather than we do want. So rather than saying, I don't want someone that plays games, I don't want someone who's got loads of issues. That you know, it's, yeah. I'm focusing on me. I'm focusing on my health or I want a great relationship or a good relationship. Yeah. So what does that look like? You know, imagine. So if you close your eyes now, do it with me now. Close your eyes now. Come on. Close your eyes. Okay. Right? So imagine. Yeah. So it's all right. I'm not even getting paid for this. this, this session. Right. Uh, you're getting paid yeah. in pastries. I haven't yeah. even attacked those yet. Okay, back on topic. Close the eyes. Right? So imagine. Right? Yeah. Imagine that you've just achieved that goal. Okay. Of a, of a good relationship. Yeah. So this is really important. This is about visualization. Yeah. So imagine you've just achieved that goal yeah. of having that great relationship that you're looking for. Yeah. How will we know that you've just achieved that? What comes to mind in a visualization? What are you doing? What, how would it look to other people? To you or right to now. Me? How will I know you've just achieved that goal? What are you doing in this visualization? Um, are Where are you? I'm at home and I'm laughing. Okay. Yeah. Where, what does the room look like? Um, it just looks like my front room. It's got uh, my bird in the corner, mm-hmm. Klaus, and it's warm in there. It's and not how does cold it like it is. How does yeah, it feel it thinking good. about that? Um, so what positive emotions do you think you're going to feel when you've achieved that goal? Give us those, those, <laughs> those feelings of like just, you know, when you laugh until mm-hmm. you can't laugh anymore, mm-hmm. that feeling afterwards, that relief of yeah. laughing. Yeah, that, okay. that's what it feels like. And where are you feeling that on your body right now? Um, all over. Okay, great. Yeah. Open your eyes. You see, that's how powerful visualization is. You've yeah. created that. Now, the brain doesn't understand the difference between something that's happened to you yeah. and something you've just made up in your mind. Yeah. So this is really important because this is about, now we're getting into the science. Yeah. So this is about <laughs> your reticular activator system in your brain. Yeah. So it's your filter. So focusing on what you want, not what you don't want. Yeah. Right? If I said you don't think of pink elephants, the first thing you have to do is think of the pink elephant to not think about yeah. it, right? So you program the filter. So the more you say, I don't want that arsehole, I don't want, I don't want, I yeah. don't want, your brain is looking for that arsehole. It's yeah. looking for those behaviours because you are programming your filter to look for that stuff. Yeah. So when you visualise how it feels to have achieved that goal and you did that for 30 seconds a day for 30 days, yeah. you'll change the filter in your brain. And what you'll do is you'll build real new, newer pathways and you'll just see opportunities that presents itself that's in line with the goal. It's yeah. confirmation bias. That's how your brain works. Yeah. Right? Your famous your favorite comedian, for example. You like the favorite comedian because they confirm the information you like. It's like, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. That's exactly right. The ones you don't like is because you don't, I don't agree with that. So you yeah. don't like them. So confirmation bias is really important. So visualization is good because it creates it as a memory. And that's yeah. important because the more you create that as a memory uh, by visualizing, it stores it in the library and it almost develops the skill. It, it develops it over time. Yeah. And so the more you focus on your goals and vision and a two-step process, imagine you just achieved it because you've got to get the emotional intelligence in there prior to the event. Yeah. And then think of the positive emotions you're going to feel when you achieve that. You do that every day. You will just find yourself doing things differently. You'll find yourself, I don't know, pluck up the courage to go and sign up to a, a decent website or go out to a particular social event where... You probably thought, well, I'm not going to go there. And all of a sudden, you start putting yourself in those positions and then you will be in that healthy relationship. It's a bit like yeah. the law of attraction stuff, right? Yeah. But a lot more scientific and more explained in a better way. Yeah. 
that's how you do that. So when you're talking about are you do you need to be completely healed or not? I would say if you're on that journey, that's great. But then it's about well, how do you want to feel? And what's yeah. it you do want? You know, one thing I've I've worked with women, um, when I work with women about uh, relationships particularly, is I always get them to do the the, the man menu, if they're heterosexual of course, uh, is the is the male menu. And that's a time they can be really selfish. And they're like, well, what's, the, what's the male menu? Like, do I just yeah. place an order and well, just turn it up? What is this? Yeah. Tell us more. Right. So yeah. it's a technique yeah. you can use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll have a... Right, well, you're next. You can yeah. your eyes in a minute. All right, and get too comfortable and cocky. Eyes are going to be closer. Oh, I'm in love. I've already met the man of my dreams. Thank you. All right. Okay. I know, yeah. yeah. All right. Did all that. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did all that. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote a really <laughs> long you, list. You'd of written one before, hadn't you? Yeah. So Charlie wrote a, a list of the things that she wanted in a man, but wasn't yeah. specific enough were you the first time round and you were given the things that were on the list but mentally unstable and I wasn't specific enough no (laughs) but I did but I was doing this like the first list I wrote was like doesn't cheat on me and all of the things that I didn't want yeah and then I swapped it to right what do I actually want yes this is is really important and then it was truthful invested eye contact funny yeah. whatever yeah. those and other it's all stuff the are. same thing yeah but it's a in, positive yeah it's what you want yeah rather than yeah and then you're looking for those qualities because you're programming your filter to look for that stuff yeah right so proof around visualization is so clear yeah because the brain cannot take everything in equal measure it will just pop we yeah. need that filter there's a reason we have it we need it yeah so if you're looking at your facebook page or your instagram or whatever you're on social media you can't take everything in yeah. So it will only, you know, what you think about, you become. What you become, you think about the most. Yeah? Yeah. Getting that emotional intelligence in prior to the event is really impo- important. It's not about being positive or negative. Yeah. It is to a degree, but it isn't about being positive or negative. Yeah? So I say to you, I'm going to fail my exam on Friday. And you turn around and say, well, it's not really positive, Tam. You need to be more positive. I go, okay, I'm positively sure I'm going to fail my exam on Friday. <laughs> right? Yeah. So we know it's not about that. Yeah. What you'd be saying to me is, well, what would it do for you if you passed that exam on Friday? Yeah. Imagine, tell me what it's going to be like. And I go, oh, well, it's going to be amazing um, because if I do that, I can get that out of a job. And okay, well, then you get that job, then what? Well, then more money's going to come and I'll be like, on the holiday, I've always want. Uh, you see where I'm going with that. Now I'm yeah. creating and visualizing. So what will happen the more I do that is I might then see the opportunity to get up a bit earlier and do some more revision or yeah. look for jobs that are going to be in like, you know, I'm going to be a bit more motivated. It's your perspective, your mindset will change. Yeah. So this is quite often in, in the scenario you gave around he, the process of being healed or healing if you're in that process where you're still focusing on what you don't want because like, yeah. I don't want to cheat you've still got that stuff going on Yeah, people are going to cheat people are going to cheat Yeah, we can't stop that but that doesn't change the way that person's feeling emotionally they're yeah. like yeah but I'm still holding on to that stuff so it's about really investing in what what you really want Yeah, and, and looking at that that's really really important visualising that manifesting that all the time manifestation is massive Yeah, we need to do more of it but you need to do that once you've removed impactful feelings. Yeah. So if someone cannot get past, but everyone's going to cheat, that would say that they've obviously had someone that's cheated or yeah. maybe a few people have cheated on them yeah. and they're still carrying that gear. Yeah. So we have to work with that gear and get rid of that. Yeah. So I would say, you know, your current relationship, that's how you're feeling now. What's the feeling? You'll tell me the feeling. And then I'll say, okay, well, well, follow the feeling to yeah. the most earliest memory you remember feeling that feeling. Yeah. Now that situation could be different. It could be, um, you know, it might be rejection. Well, what's wrong with me? That kind of stuff. 
Yeah. Turns out it was when you didn't get picked in the netball team at 10, yeah. the last one. You could, could be the same feeling. Yeah. People don't connect those dots. So what I would do is I would find that feeling and then I would remove um, that. Yeah. And you do that for a few little techniques. And so if you've got any gear after this, I can definitely remove some stuff. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. I love it. I love seeing the change in people. They're like, what? Can't believe you just, you know, it's it's really great stuff. And that's the unconscious mind therapy that I bring into, into my practice. It's really good stuff. So I think by doing that, that helps you heal. And I think sometimes braving and being in a relationship and working through that stuff together is healing as well, isn't yeah. it? You know, getting mm-hmm. to know someone and, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought. And so that's yeah. kind of the doing as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's so- nice to be surprised by people. Like I've been very fortunate over the last few years to see like Charlie fall in love and my sister fall in love and have a baby. And like, and I, I absolutely love that. I'm like, mad mad for love um so it's really nice to see people be together and then just like keep working together and it's like to see healthy relationships like that I think is really important because you don't see everything you see like social media going back to that you see this like image Mm -hmm. of what you're supposed to have when you don't have it in your lives or in your relationship it's you judge it more harshly don't you mm-hmm. and I, it's not healthy for those relationships so there is there's a lot to be said about meeting someone who's right for you at the right time and working together to create a strong bond because a lot of the time you meet someone you think you're helping each other and you're actually just hurting each other aren't you mm-hmm. So is there any, oh, sorry, is there any tip? <laughs> you haven't got to say sorry to the microphone. Yeah, so, sorry about that, sorry about that. Um, are there any tips, do you think, that you could give someone who's in a relationship perhaps that it's, they're not helping each other? Would you recommend therapy? Would you recommend couples therapy or singly? Or what would you, what would you recommend? Um I think there's two things to that. The first thing is I was re- I was listening to that, but I just I was just listening to you really, and I think oh. you were just being really honest and quite open. Then it was I just wanted to affirm you for that. It was nice. So I just think what you were talking a bit about yourself <laughs> there, which I quite like. <laughs> I can't help but listen to that, and um, and I think it's true. We all we all want we all want to be loved. That's all we want. Yeah. Right? We all want to be loved. We want to be accepted and be loved. Be loved. That's we're social animals. That's what we want. Yeah. And if we're seeing people doing that what's really healthy about what you were saying, because there'll be people listening that people might have this view, it almost becomes like a, a feelings of jealousy or, um, you know, looking at others, why not me? And they get twisted yeah. and get really angry and really get really cross. And it's like, embrace that. It's like, well, that's what waits for me. I'm definitely, yeah. you know, and if I work for my stuff and it's going to come, but what are you doing about that? Where are you putting yourself out there to meet those sort of people? Or are we getting desperate and doing everything and throwing everything at it and hope it sticks? Yeah. You know, so there is a process. But if there are people that are in relationships, and again, COVID was a massive one. People yeah. stayed in relationships they didn't want to be in. Yeah, Domestic violence was on the increase as well. But, yeah. um, not because of that, but because people couldn't get the right support because they weren't being seen because they were yeah. locked down. But there were a lot of relationships that stayed because, well, where am I going to go? I can't rent anywhere. I can't move out anywhere. Yeah. So we're just going to, I'm going to take the first floor. You'll take the ground floor. And they had kids as well, which is just awful to yeah. bring kids into that as well. Um, but I think... There's a lot to be said about that. You know, there are some people that may have, well, it's a sign of failure. You know, my parents have always been, they've been together 40 years. Like, what are you going on about? I can't yeah. just leave a relationship. 
So yeah. there's yeah. always there's a lot such. of stigma, oh, yeah. isn't there, attached there's, to divorce? Right. So people yeah. stay in these relationships because of how it looks to everyone else. Right. Yeah. So you know, sad. It's a failure on my part, or um, it's a dependent. It could be codependency, right? So yeah. if I leave this relationship, I don't want anyone else to be with that person. So you know, even if it's really shit, I'm going to stay in this relationship. Yeah. You know, it's that pain. Keep reinforcing that pain. It's just I've become addicted to that pain. Um, because don't know what actual freedom looks like. Yeah. Frightened to move on. Or that's how depression works, right? Depression is like a past and present going round in a loop. Yeah. You know, we were so happy and now we're not and we're gonna get married and now we're not getting married, we just go round in a loop, loop but yeah. no possibility of a future. And the anxiety is like taking the negative event from the past, I've been cheated on in the past, and throwing yeah. it into the future. My next relationship's gonna cheat on me and so it's, that's how these kind of things work. Yeah. So we need to understand that to be able to look for how we're gonna work for it at, work through it and move forward right so I would say if anyone is to answer your question um, going through that is take stock just sit and talk to yourself really just think actually you know I, I always I always give this formula to to a client any in, anyone in anything in their life are they good to you and are they good for you and if you can't answer yes to that question they've got to go yeah and that's not just about a relationship that's just people in my life in general if you're not good to me and good for me, you've got to go. Yeah. Now, the good for you bit might not be actually their fault. It might be like I'm really obsessed yeah. with that person or there's a codependency, right? So if I can't answer yes to those questions, yeah, I remove it out of my life. And that sounds really cover, but I've learned through experience that it doesn't work. Why bring it, Why keep people toxic in my life? You know, or people that yeah. bring me down. I don't want that. I want people to dance in my light, not shine on my dark. Yeah. I don't need that. I can shine on my own dark. I can yeah. sit myself and be critical on my own self. I don't <laughs> yeah. need you to be going, yeah, yeah, you are shit. You are, yeah, you are. Yeah. Like now. Yeah, you are. Don't need that. I need someone that's going to build me up, support me, and, and, and want me to grow and be a part of my life. Like you were talking about people in your life. Yeah, that love that you you want for them. So that's great. Yeah. So now you're that person's wingman and there's a support. And then you'll get that same support back. So am I, are they good to you or are they good for you? You know, am I happy? Am I genuinely really happy? What, and it's not about what they can do for you. What am I bringing to the plate? Yeah. What am I bringing to the table? You know? And it might be, do you know what? I'm not. And I have to say, a lot of clients that I see, fortunately, they have that insight, which tells us we we know. We know deep down, we do know. And they come in and say, yeah, I'm, I'm ruining it. You know, it's, it's me. It's my stuff. Yeah. It's my gear. I'm, I'm affected. I know I'm pushing them away. Or, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm... Um, being defiant you know I'm, I'm terrified i'm frightened it's having that humility to be honest with yourself and say what's really going on but communication is the key i'm not a relationship expert i'm a communication expert so you know i've, I've seen couples and their age and they could be in their 50s and you know that they're looking you're thinking what the fuck do you know about and i always say look i'm not a relationship expert i'm a communication expert yeah. and you've stopped communicating how so? Well, you're going, well, he should. She should know that. Oh, she should. She, she's a bloody magician as well as your partner. Yeah. Like, you know, when did you open your mouth and say, look, when you say this, I feel this way. Yeah. Oh, we haven't done that. Right. Okay, let's communicate with each other. Because there'll always be a viewpoint. Me yeah. and my wife, you know, we'll, we'll disagree. Um, if she's in a real bad mood, and depending on how sensitive I am, um, I might take it personally and think it's all to do with me. It's all about me. Yeah. Communicate. What's going on for you? Are you okay? Should I give you some space? Equally, the same back for me. It's just that communication. So, so important. So that's the thing I would say to anyone in that relationship is have you communicated? Yeah. Because if I'm communicating how I'm feeling and you're still hurting me, yeah. and I still communicate with you, you're still hurting me. 
Yeah. That's given me information. It says, well, hold on, I've raised this so many times yeah. and yet you're still continuing to hurt me, but I'm allowing you to hurt me now. Yeah. So what do I want to do about that? Yeah. And then empower you to make that decision as difficult as it might be to make the next move. Yeah. Does that make sense? I felt like I was just yeah. said loads no, of words. It does, no, yeah. it makes complete sense. And I always, um, I always think with communication as well, it's two people. Mm. Like one person has to listen. So even if you think you're a great communicator and it's not your fault that this relationship is like toxic you might be a great communicator but if that other person isn't listening to you Mm -hmm. and you're not picking up on that then you are actually part of (laughs) that problem as well with communication because you can't communicate on your own can you not listening can't communicate yeah absolutely i completely agree yeah i did hear um i think it was um on the wolf and our pod actually and um, Tom was talking about his own couples therapy and they'd they'd gone and his his wife had said it doesn't matter how many times I tell him he leaves the towel on the floor right and the therapist was like you do know she's not upset about the towel don't you mm-hmm. and he's like well she's always it's always the same bloody thing and she's like it's, you're not listening to her you're you're chucking the towel on the floor, even though she's repeatedly asked you not to. It's not that it's a wet towel. It's not that she's got to pick it up. It's the fact that you're not hearing when she's talking mm-hmm. to you and telling you about something that she's upset about. And he said that changed absolutely everything for him. And Must have advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so and, true. But it's when you're in it, you don't realise. You just think, oh, fucking nagging me again. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've been the nagger. Mm-hmm. And it's not the things, like, my ex used to screw the toothpaste lid on too tightly. And it was so frustrating to me because I can't just get on with my day and brush my teeth. I had to, like, fucking close it into a door to, like, get the fucking cap off. And he just kept doing it. And it wasn't even the toothpaste. It's that he could, didn't give a fuck that I was struggling to just function mm-hmm. normally mm. and you you I hated hearing myself say it like I was sick to the back teeth mm. of saying please don't do this to me <laughs> even though it's something so insignificant but I think a lot of people get caught up in that cycle don't they being the nagger or being the person that's being nagged and you just think oh fuck off yeah but it's as simple as going it's not about a towel. It's not about toothpaste. That's right. And that's, again, where new association kicks in. So that person is like, fuck off. Yeah. Then the association, what they're interpreting there, yeah. could be significant. It's like, oh, like my mum yeah. nagging me to clean my room again. Yeah. So they go into that place, Yeah. one example, and then it's stopping you from actually seeing what's really... Yeah. So then the other partner is saying, well, they're not fucking listening to me. They obviously don't value me. They obviously yeah. don't. It's like you've then got the two different perspectives. They're not on the same hymn sheet because they're not communicating yeah. in the way. So that is a really good point. It's like it's not about the toothpaste. It's not about the towel. It's about you're not listening to your partner. Yeah. And be and let them be heard. Oh, different perspective. Good point. Uh, and there it is. And the towel may still be on the floor at times, yeah. but they'll wear that relationship differently. You yeah. Know, who makes the bed in the morning? Does it really matter? Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. But there might be other things going on that mm. makes yeah. that a problem. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Cool. Yeah. Deep yeah. now. Getting oh, deep. I know. Yeah. Oh god, it's getting deep. Well, since I know. Moment we press play, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Well, should we just should we bring it up a notch? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's get, bring it up. Get more filthy. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Tell right. us about your sex life. Um. <laughs> 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> yeah, we sent you some prep, <laughs> no. you some prep questions. That's why everyone's here. They couldn't give a damn what you do. It's they all part just of her thing of trying to find a new partner, isn't it? Get people on the podcast. Does yeah. make sense like, no, not on the list. Yeah. Not on the list. Oh, that one could yeah. be possibly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I've added questions in to see if you're actually compatible for me. Okay. Yeah. Wife was the, the, there was the start and the end of me. Well, we like to strip it out. Yeah. You know, so, works for Tiger Woods, honestly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. God, I wish this was a good way to meet men, but honestly, it's done absolutely nothing right. for meeting men because they're terrified you're going to say something about them on the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. You just think, don't be fucking weird. I'll have nothing to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> it's a what, simple Why are you tag- scared that we're going to talk about you? Yeah. And why are you so full of yourself yeah. that you think that we're interested yeah. in? Yeah. Because we mate. won't mention wow. them at all. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's like, oh, so you're going to talk about this? No. Absolutely not. No, no one, sorry, you're no not one will the, hear your uh, name. Most, yeah, you're not the most important person. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not, doing, it's not doing much for me, to be fair. Okay. But, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's getting us in the rooms. Of people that are potentially like a date. Getting us meeting some like proper decent people. Yeah. Like living in this town is like everyone you come across Mm -hmm. is just the worst. Yeah. (laughs) But it's nice to kind of. Yeah. I've met so many like decent people like you, just someone that's just got the same like morals. Yeah. And the same like want. To mm. make the world a better place. It's nice. Yeah. It? It's so nice. And I've not met anyone like that. Yeah. But the last like couple of years, they're just yeah. coming out of left, right, and centre. Yeah. All these like amazing. Well, yeah. actually, it's because you're programming your filter to look for that. And yeah. so then you're putting yourself out there because it's in that filter. Mm. So you are actually finding those people that were always around yeah. you, but yeah. you're just not seeing them. And yeah. now you're seeing them because yeah. you're programmed to, to look for that quality. Yeah, yeah. putting feelers out, aren't they? Yeah, and completely disregarding people that aren't. Yeah, it's like, who are you? Yeah, no, doing yeah. a bit of research into it. And I'm like, actually, no, I don't want you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's we, we were saying to Dean, weren't we, about you kind of think you can't be choosy because you don't want to like, cut, you can't say no to people. You don't want to cut yourself off from things. But one of the best things about doing this is that because it's our podcast, we can be like, no thanks. Actually, I think we're all right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. I do love we that. Love it. We love the power, don't we? Yeah. So nice people. It's nice, really. <laughs> I mean, after feel years you're of drunk pressure. Power, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're unbearable. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely toxic as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, most, <laughs> most embarrassing sex moment. And you made a good point about embarrassment. Yeah. Did I? Earlier. Yeah. Earlier, yeah. Did I? You said that nothing's actually embarrassing. I think I was confidential when it was, uh, when it was off. Yeah. It wasn't on, was it? 
embarrassing moments. Yeah. Um, a lot of my stuff embarrassing is when I was younger. Um, hmm. There's been so many, unfortunately. Always when you're younger, isn't it? Yeah. It's always when you're younger. Well, I've been married 10 years, so I haven't really been exploring any other partner. Just thought I'd put that out yeah. there, wife. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got to know each other and, and, and you know, we'd like to think so anyway. Um that's embarrassing, but he is, he is when younger. I mean, I did a lot of learning and made a lot of mistakes. I think one of my most embarrassing moments before sex was um, there was a girl that used to work at Baker's Bar. Um, and was it you? Is that how you know each other? Uh, well, if I tell you the story, you might, you might go, that was me. Do you know what? As we've been sitting here speaking, there is someone that's come in my mind that I'm really good friends with that used to live down Bishop State and one of the roads off of there mm-hmm. that used to work in Baker's Bar. Mm-hmm. I should change the story. <laughs> for uh, some reason, okay. it just kind of, as soon as her her face came into my mind, I thought, because I always thought I recognised you from somewhere. Yeah. But I don't remember like ever speaking to you or seeing you in That's Baker's Bar. That's because you're very rude, but thank you for, <laughs> for changing yeah. your... You've changed, you've changed. It's been brilliant. I've all your her. therapy. The flower you've become. It's wonderful. So um, wonderful. So um, I won't mention her name. No, we'll talk after. But we'll talk after about yeah. her because yeah. it, I'd be interested if that's okay. actually a connection. It'd be funny. That'd be, that would be interesting. Because we'll, then place. she's on next week. Actually, <laughs> she's no. coming in now. <laughs> yeah. And here she is. Come on. Get the big red book out. This is your life. <laughs> so, um, yes. A girl from Baker's Bar, yeah, not me. Well, I like, I like, I liked her, and um, but I got really drunk because I was plucking up the courage because I was just always judging the type of men that she would go with or the men that would talk to her. Oh, okay. And I didn't feel I measured up into that time, yeah. so I got really nervous. I got so drunk, and then I plucked up the courage to go up and speak to her. <laughs> and this guy, I was very drunk. <laughs> so you can imagine what happens very, when you're very, very drunk. drunk. Yeah. Uh, you've never been with any men that are very drunk. Yeah. It doesn't work and it doesn't look good. It disappears. Um yeah. so this guy just pulled my trousers down, my shorts down. <laughs> that was it. It was just there. Or wasn't there. <laughs> what the fuck? And there was the pointing and the laughing, and you can imagine, right? The shame, the embarrassment. I was like, okay, oh definitely can't go up to her afterwards, pull them up and left that part. It was horrible. It was a really, really horrible um horrible time and oh yeah I don't know why I'm using this as my therapy now to share this with you that's yeah. why that's why I'm recharging you now but that was yeah <laughs> it was yeah that, I, it was it was very embarrassing because I really liked the person I really yeah. wanted to and I just put that courage I'm going to go say hi how are you and then that happened and I thought well that's my own fault for getting so blindly drunk you know I was I was completely out of my, out of my box but um, oh my I think um, embarrassment see so I'm circumcised, right? And when I was a kid at school, no one was circumcised yeah. and no one had a brown penis. I was the only <laughs> one with a brown penis, right? So you always felt different. Yeah. And um, we used to hate getting into showers because people would point it out. Oh, you haven't got a foreskin? I was thinking, what the fuck's a foreskin? Like, what are you yeah. going about? <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So, but um, I had a lot, I then had a lot of Jewish mates and I was like, oh, it's the same as me then. I mean, I'm not Jewish, but it yeah. just felt the same, right? So, um, so I always felt that area was always different as a as a youngster. Yeah. Right? I always felt like I had something to prove or that kind of stuff, really. And um, 
and I remember there was this moment with a, a girl that was, you know, we was together and it was going to be great and all that sort of stuff. But because I was so anxious to the lead up, I probably wanked so many times in the lead up to, to going out on this yeah. date that, that I cut myself, basically. Oh, no. Much, right? Friction burn. A complete friction oh, burn. Oh, wow. Right? And so and I forgot. So it's now scabbing up as well, right? Oh. So it's not even good. Yeah, so here I am around the date and I just... It was getting there, and I was like, oh, "That's a bit uncomfortable, it's a bit of pain." As was, you know, I was getting hard on and all that kind of stuff. And then I remembered, I was like, "Oh shit! Oh yeah, no, I can't do that. She's going to think I'm weird, and it's going to be a scabby." And it's just, I had to make some excuse, and I just come up with this weird story that I caught my um, penis in a in a zip, and I was just like, "Oh mate, this is." She weren't buying any of it, right? <laughs> but was, I can imagine the yeah. way that you're telling that. Like, yeah. honestly, what happened was, yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah. There was this one time at band camp, and I, I tried, you know, and I was just like. And all I kept thinking was like, there's something about Mary when he gets the ball in the thing. Oh, like, how's that even Will she even like, she's like, really? It's all right if you don't want to have sex, you can just say, I was like, no, 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 I do. I just, I'm just saying I can't. And I was just horrible. That was really embarrassing. And of course, she thought I wasn't interested. So that yeah. ended that. And I was like, no, 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 I am. But, you know, how can you just say, I'm really actually, I would just say the truth now. So to be honest, I was quite nervous. I went too much and I yeah. because I want no foreskin. So there yeah. you are. That's, <laughs> that's, where it's, that's where I'm at. Still interesting? Yeah. See you next week? Brilliant. Yeah. And she probably would be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's the thing about honesty. Yeah. It inspires you to be other people, to be honest, back to you. Yeah. yeah. It opens you up to that. Absolutely. So it's always yeah. like the best course. But obviously when you're a young yeah young person yeah. it just it, it doesn't work like that does no, it, it doesn't, like it doesn't. No, I don't want anyone to see me absolutely yeah. <laughs> it's so important yeah and it's... she probably took that as like a massive rejection as well like even 100%. though it wasn't even about her no she probably would have felt like as I, I've been rejected and it is destroying yeah. and you just like oh it's uh, the worst it is the worst and I think the other embarrassing I mean it's not yeah, well, it's still embarrassing. It was humiliating, really. But um, so I hadn't um, had sex for a while. And I said to you, I, I, yeah. you know, and it was a, a close mate who I thought was really close. Um, and I shared with him, you know, that there was someone that, you know, in the nightclub industry, because um, I'm working that a lot. Mm. And I used to, it was really sexy to so watch them dance on the podium all the time. Yeah. And in my head, I used to think she's looking at me because I thought she was and she wasn't. But you never really go and ask. You just thought, nah, yeah. she's never going to. But it turned out that she actually was. Well, actually yeah. was and that's years later. So that was really great. So um, we got together. I was really excited. We had this wonderful night. And I went straight into my mix. I just, uh, you know, I just like, had my night. And I was just, <laughs> for two years. I was walking. I was relaxed. I was cool. I was empty. I was just like, yeah, I was feeling brilliant. So I went and told my mate what happened. I was like, yeah, it was great and all that kind of stuff. So he was working with this person. I didn't realise they were working with each other. And he walked straight in there. Right, so who's, who's fucking my mate? So you can imagine. They're like a right twat. So how embarrassing oh, is that? That ruined it. So I'm thinking, what are you... Yeah. Like, like, bruv, what are you doing? They don't go in. So I'm ringing him up going, what are you going on about? She's just proper tore me a new one. Yeah. And I'm saying, oh, it was all in front of her girl mates there and that guy. And, uh, God. You know. And then all I could... Uh, what can I say? I was just like, yeah. I just looked like one of them school kids. Just, I just had sex last yeah. night. Like, what an idiot. And it kind of ruined it. Oh ruined it. God. And that was embarrassing. Just yeah. things like that. But in terms of actual sexual stuff, I don't really, I'd like to say, you know, we've never had any embarrassing other moments, but uh, <laughs> I don't think I have. I don't, I don't think I have. Mm. Or maybe I'm just lying to myself and I'll be driving home going, oh, there's loads of moments. 
Yeah. But, um, no, I don't think I don't think it has been. Maybe maybe for a time when um, premature ejaculation was a thing. I mean, I, I don't even give a shit about that anymore. I'm just no. like, listen, some days are shorter than others. It's that's, a compliment, <laughs> I think. That's the way it is. Some days are shorter than others. And I do say that. It is. Yeah. But it, it's your arousal. If you're really sexually heightened. Yeah. Well, you, you are going to bolt quicker. Of course you are. Yeah. You're, you're sexually, you see, I'm back in South End now. The wording's coming out, bolt. Yeah. I'm talking ages. Trying to relate to the to the guys that listen. Yeah, sorry, professional psychotherapist here. Ejaculation, premature ejaculation. So yeah, you know that's that's what happens. You get sexually heightened, right? So he's a compliment, and that was a thing, wasn't it? It was like who can last longer and who can do this and all that kind of stuff. That I'm not interested in that anymore. Literally, that just the whole the thought process of fucking all night just makes me tired. Oh god, yeah, I know. Go away. Yeah, no thanks. No, I thought you. that was just yeah. me. Night. When someone's no. like going a night, a pack, I'm just thinking a night, a night. <laughs> yeah. Can we just condense that down to like yeah. an hour and then just watch a bit of TV and go to sleep? An hour? Oh, yeah. Lord. <laughs> well, they're yeah. like, well, you always hear these no, guys like, oh, sex marathon. It was like eight hours. And you just think. Bullshit. I fucking I would bullshit. hate to have sex <laughs> for eight hours straight. Yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily some I think that's a lie some people were well, definitely yeah. not telling the truth but it you know definitely done that in the early days but and that was fun but you had a lot of testosterone I was younger and it was a site it was more fun there was other partners there was yeah there was a few people in the room it was pretty cool and that you know did there's nothing I haven't done so yeah. I've got all that out of my system there's literally nothing I haven't experienced or done and that's you know that's uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, that, that bit. Uh, in my mind, in my mind, I'm yes. in my mind. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, you know, you're trying to impress. Yeah. When you're, when you're, you're trying to impress the partner, right? So we yeah. we do do all that, go mm. through that whole process. But then once that oxytocin, you ch- you stop chasing up stuff about nine months, you start yeah. to relax and settle into it, and it ain't about the sex all the time. Yeah. Um, it was obviously important. It's part of a relationship. But I think that whole concept it's just yeah, it's different now my age and other people's yeah. ages you know it's drier down there you work <laughs> creatively and other little bits and pieces your whole yeah. thing changes and you've got other stuff to do haven't you yeah well yeah realistically i yeah. mean it's the logistics of it's it it's the logistics of it say. as i always say living yeah. together yeah you can't be having sex all night well, yeah. not when you've got to get up for work in the morning and you've got no. a kid in the other room like that's that that's a thing on its own isn't it yeah Once i think got a kid i agree I, yeah i agree um, yeah, it changes it once you're in a family. So you have to think of other creative ways. I think the, yeah, I would agree. I'm going to say no more. <laughs> Next question. Wouldn't know anything about that. What is the weirdest place you've had sex? Hmm. As a man of the world who's done everything. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that, but Yeah, I? no. no um, you better pull out all the stops for this one. I don't know about the weird. yeah, the weirdest, because you went, I don't know. I don't know the weirdest. Um, Real off some... Yeah, we'll, we'll be the judge. I don't know about weird, but some of them have been very glamorous over the, over the years, which has not been great. Um, <laughs> We've all had sex in Baker's Bar. Yeah. Toilet. That's not that's not weird. We've all done that. Actually, there was there was this one time um, <laughs> where... <laughs> should I share this shit? I don't know why I'm sharing it. Um, yeah, I'll share it's it. It's only us, guys. Don't listen to this. <laughs> I was in Baker's Bar and this um, lady was a bit older. And she walked by and, and um, she said, uh, are you gay? I was like, 
that's what you want to hear at the end of the night. Yeah. Um, I was like, no. Well, you must be. Well, why? She goes, well, you dress nice. I was like, right. Oh. So I must be gay because I dress nice. Yeah. She went, get your cock out. I went, I'll get my cock out. I went, you get my cock out. She went, all right. Got my cock out. I was like, shit. But it's going to step in here. Yeah. <laughs> so I was talking to the office. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I just heard this very, like, after about five minutes, I could hear this big voice. Julie! Julie! I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I was just, like, opening the door, no. and there was this, like, this massive geezer looking for her. I was like, is your name Julie? She's like, yeah. I was like, okay, right. Close the door. Oh, like, get out. Get out, get out, get out. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that was pretty random. And, oh, my um, God. Yeah, I know. Those nightclub days were good days, man. There yeah. were some crazy experiences up in that office. Um, I definitely think <laughs> one of the funnest moments was we made so much money in Baker's Barn with so much cash upstairs. And I was fortunate enough to, um, I don't know, fortunate? Well, I just fulfilled one of the fantasies. And two ladies came upstairs. And um, worryingly, one of them was married and the other one was engaged. And they both said, we're not sleeping with you. I'm married and I'm engaged. I was like, right. Why are we here then? Yeah. So they decided that they were going to pleasure me in other ways, which was nice. Um, and we were just chucking money around at the end. The embarrassing oh bit, actually, at the end, is that they then said um, that they wouldn't. She said, I'm not going to swallow. I was like, right, okay. So what do I what do I do now? So then I've got a radio lead hanging down. The radio, my kets down my ankles. I've had to move over to walk over with the thing <laughs> to the printer to get a piece of paper. And I kept on with the paper. I was just like, I was like, hold the paper then. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, two women, like, <laughs> just holding an A4 sheet of paper. Basically, yeah. Well, no, I had to direct in the end because I was getting frustrated because oh they, they didn't, they didn't have this conversation before, <laughs> yeah. right? And then towards the end, this, the face, my face was obviously clearly going to be finished and they were like, uh, by the way, we're not going to. I was like, oh, don't stop. What would you, what? No, I won't do that. Right, okay. So I had to go over, bring <laughs> the paper. <laughs> Okay, resume. And it was just like, you know, one of them moments. I was 20 years old then. 20 years old. Oh, those days. Great. Yeah, that does sound amazing. I'm not going to lie. That was, yeah, that was that was pretty hilarious. But um, weird, otherwise weirdest. Because um, I know I knew you were going to touch on this stuff. And this is a podcast. So you've got yeah. to go there. Really. Um, this wasn't, it's not my regular sense. That's not what always used to happen. These are little moments that have happened and opportunity. Yeah. And it's always exciting to go and do things like that. But um I think the weirdest place was in my friend's car and there was two of my mates and um, a couple of other ladies. And um, that was that was because of the pop star days, actually, because of that. Yeah. She ended up working there and she was a bit of a fan. And so we, you know, was just in that kind of place. And she had a really hot mate. And I was single. And I was thinking, what do you think? She's like, yeah, definitely. I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and then, like, literally, I swear to God, one day that she just called me, come pick us up, and just come out of the nightclub. So they came out, and um, we were in a car park, <laughs> in the car park, with the four doors open, just having a bit of a sesh, and it was very bizarre. And then I swear to God, afterwards, there was no talking, literally, like, not a word. And there was, <laughs> there was, there was high fiving. I'm not gonna lie, there was some high fiving. Um, <laughs> They needed directing. I just was the director. My mates yeah. were a bit shy. Like, you go over there. Right, you go over there. Right, leg up there, please. Right, and it was just took over. And um, I think I was I was 21, 21 then. Yeah. And um, after after afterwards, I mean, we could have been caught really in public. But it's not. It was a yeah. car park. It was the back end of a car park. And um, yeah, got back in the car. All of us. We were just 
because it had never happened to any of us before. It was just a very weird thing yeah. to do. Driving off in silence, drop them off. And she's like, well, thanks, lovely to see you. Yeah, and you too, bye. We're just sitting in the car. <laughs> and then we're just like cracking up when they got the car. Thinking, what the fuck? It's just occurred. I was like, that's never going to happen again, ever. Yeah. <laughs> we need to tick that off. That was amazing. And we didn't even, you know, it was just one of them moments. So that was pretty, that was pretty wild. It was pretty crazy. Um, but, but that's me, you know, I've, I always wanted to explore that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. that sexuality and just, um, it's not saying I'd want to do that all the time, you know, I wouldn't want to share my partner with anyone, but, yeah. um, but those kind of things were exciting because it's like a bit, a bit naughty and a bit, you yeah. know, and that's, but it doesn't work. I mean, I had a threesome once with my, my mate and his girlfriend, that didn't work. Because he he thought she was into me more than she was into him. Yeah. And he said, well, you need to get out of bed. And I was like, no, I don't want to get out of bed. I'm quite comfortable in it. <laughs> I was just like, you know, we was, what, 18, I think, at the time. And, um, you know, that just doesn't work. So I already knew then, never, never do anything like that with your, with your yeah. partner. Um, you know, just, it might be a fantasy, but when it becomes a reality for some, it just doesn't work. So I've done a lot of those things and I enjoyed all that stuff. Is that enough of my personal life? Yeah, <laughs> no. Is that all right? Do I, I, I qualify? Uh, yeah, I love that. I think okay. people yeah. should be exploring their sex, sexuality. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, just be safe and don't hurt people. And you can yeah. do that. Actually, I did have, this is, I had a client once and I didn't realise that he's, this was my very first client. And he, I went to visit this person in their, in their house. Sometimes I do the home visits. And, um, I didn't realise that they were swingers. They didn't oh, okay. say. I sussed it out pretty quickly. Um, and his partner wanted to come into the session. So the partner's come into the session and you you know when guys are looking at you, right? Even if you're not looking at them, you know if they're looking yeah. at you. you. Man never really knows what that feels like until you've really experienced it. And you're like, oh yeah, I know what that feels like. It's horrible. It's not a nice <laughs> feeling, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely done it. Man have definitely looked at them a few yeah. times. So I'll keep looking keep, and they can feel it. Yeah. And I just, something was off in the session. I thought, what's she, like, is my flies undone? Like, what, yeah. what is she looking at? Like, is this everything all right? Like, what's happening? I was trying to really listen. Anyway, at the end of the session, she was like, um, I, I'm walking out. So, walk me out to the door. I swear to God, give us your hand. I promise you, this is what you did. She went, it was very nice to meet you. Maybe oh. you could come and bring your wife with you. I was like, um, thank you very much. I'll be in touch. <laughs> that was my first experience of a client. So um, how many times did you wash your hand? <laughs> I never wash my hand. <laughs> Still with this yeah. like that. Stays with you forever. It's like, love to protect it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're very soft skin, by the way. Very good. Thank Moisturising. Thank you. Very thank good. you. I'm a beauty therapist. So I have uh -huh, there advantage. it is. There it is. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was, yeah. Next question. <laughs> Next question, please. I really want to see. He's burning, telling you all yeah. this stuff. It's, 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 but this is really good. This is really good. And I get this is what we're doing. I'm so used yeah. to being the professional and not really divulging too much about yeah. myself. But, again, this is all part of it. We need to smash that to the yeah. And it's okay, you know, to do, yeah. to say these sort of things. It feels nice, doesn't it? Yeah. When you're saying it and you're not getting judged for it, yeah. you just think, oh, yeah. It's a little bit of weight off, isn't it? Definitely. And then it just keeps coming. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, yeah, and this. Oh, yeah, and yeah. this. And the thing is, I think sometimes you, you have these things that have happened and you're just cringing and dying inside and you think it's the worst thing. And then when you say it and people are like, oh, yeah, no, that's happened to me about 10 times. Yeah. Then you think, oh, thank God, I thought I was mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so a problem shared is a problem hard. It is. The yeah. moment you tell someone, you feel better about it. Even yeah. if you still have shame. Yeah. 
and I mean you're telling thousands of people so there should be no no one listens to this yeah oh yeah no one listens, no one listens, listens to this this is why I came to talk to them <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah it. unload no one will know about it <laughs> okay right first celebrity crush Jet oh yeah nice I was 11 years old remember it clearly Jet fire yeah. fire pure fire yeah I remember that time I had a little poster on my wall. Oh, everyone did, didn't yeah. they? She was hot. Yeah. Was, some people went to Phoenix, not interested. Jet, all day long. Yeah, all she was the one, wasn't she? Everyone loved Jet, everyone yeah. Everyone loved Jet. And I think after that, become Pamela Anderson for a little while. Don't know why. I do. I can tell you reasons. I can't think of why. I mean, all I can, all I can just, if I ever met the half, I would say, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> it was very, very helpful. Very much. You couldn't get away with that now. Running slow motion, like you just couldn't oh, get. No, just wouldn't work. You it's don't see slow motion levels, jumps right? ever anymore, do you? It's, no, you don't. They should. Well, it's become such a boring thing. Yeah, bring it back. Yeah. Women can be smart and sexy. Yeah, just make them smart. Yeah, and yeah. have yeah. massive jokes and Absol- run. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I completely but agree. You're only allowed to be one. You can be hot or you can be clever. That's your lot. Well, I don't know both because it means that the poor man feels, you know, at the top, they feel well, lesser, yeah. don't they? <laughs> but I just, we can't be having that. No, we can't, they can't be having that. We can't be having that. Idiot. I just think you've really hit the jackpot if they're hot and smart. 100%. I say it to my wife every day. <laughs> yeah, your wife is hot. She is yeah, hot. she is hot. I actually was watching Fire. a video of her the other day and I was like, yeah. Well She's done. powerful. I get it. Yeah, you know, she'll cut my balls in, in my sleep mm, yeah. if I did anything wrong. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of fear though. Yeah. It's a bit sexy, isn't it? But this is it. I like powerful women. And yeah. I think, you know, that come, like, my mum is a powerful woman. Yeah. You know, my mum has got a great brain. She's beautiful. Um, and I think, you know, that that is an attractive quality. And I don't want someone I can't vibe off. Yeah. And someone that's got an opinion on stuff. Right? Yeah. So, and she, she's, she's, she's so intelligent. She's amazing. We just have great conversations. Yeah. She's actually trained to be a therapist now. So that's going to be dangerous oh. in the house. Oh um, God! She'll know it's not going to be good, is it? I don't know, but, but she is absolutely beautiful. She's wonderful. Yeah. And um, but she, yeah, she's her most attractive quality is her brain. Like yeah. it sounds really cliche. Of course, she's beautiful, but um, her brain. I, yeah. I, I love it. You know, I love the fact that she's really intelligent. That's what that's what I want. Because now I want the intimacy, right? So I want to connect. I yeah. want to have that. Otherwise, it's going to be boring. It's not going to last. Yeah. Well, that's why we didn't we didn't understand why we were single for so long, because obviously we're funny and cool, and like fairly attractive women. Very attractive um, women. What do you mean fairly attractive? Fairly attractive, attractive women. women. Like the brown Very funny. Horn. Um, but you know, guys just didn't like it, did they? They don't. Like it, it's quite intimidating, and yeah, that's good. It'd be the best case scenario for me if I had like a hot boyfriend. It was well funny. That's top of the list. Super funny, attractive, and smart. Yeah, with being just like that brilliant. Gonna, that you're going to leave them the moment you figure out what they really like. That's the that's their mentality. That's what I've always had. Yeah. You're too good for me. Wow. I just think we'll yeah. be better then. Yeah. Fucking better than yeah. 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 This is a stand-up set. You can meet me at it, but I will not be lowering myself to your standards. Wow. That's bizarre. Yeah. It's absolutely bizarre. That is. That's but you'd think, think men would be hitting, they'd think to themselves, this is the jackpot, keep my beat down. Don't let her know that I know she's better than me. See, yeah. that's sad, isn't it? That's just yeah. that stuff again, that new mm. association from the past yeah. that gets in the way. Mm. My, my wife didn't even speak English. 
didn't really? speak English when I met her. She's from she's from Siberia, right? So oh, wow. and I met her in Thailand. Yeah. So we couldn't communicate with words. So and you think so what I can't even remember the percentage. You know, about two percent or five percent is language of communication, yeah. and that was really exciting. I had no idea how intelligent yeah. she was or anything. Well, I didn't know anything about her, and um, and she was a dancer. Um, and I met her out there, and the, the, the energy was there, the communication was there, and yeah. that was exciting. Mm. And then when I realised that she had a brain, and she was when she started to converse, she went and learned English. That's nice. Uh, That's so we could Zoom every yeah. every Saturday. So can you, I can't imagine me popping off to college just to learn Russian for a bit. Just oh, to, like, no. I can imagine. I was just like, what? It was amazing. Yeah. Really amazing. That's dedication. That's sexy in itself, isn't it? The whole, uh, listen, the whole, she likes it when I tell the story because she said, you sound, make it sound better. Than I was like, but that's what happened, love. What are yeah. you going on about? Like, it is a sexy story like, how we met. It's just, it's beautiful. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think every experience that we had until we, and then she moved here and then, you know, she'd learned the language really, really well and now she speaks like she's from Essex. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't. I can imagine it. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She doesn't. She speaks beautifully. I well, love that um, yeah. story in Love Actually where it's Colin Firth oh. and Aurelia. Yeah. Yes. She can't speak. Yeah. They can't speak each other's language, but yeah. they're talking in their own languages yeah. and yeah. having a conversation. Absolutely. And I love that. Like when they go in the water yeah. and it's like, what the fuck is going on? And she's just like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> yeah. And it's like that. Like, yeah. I just love that. That's it's my favourite story of the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. So that's, that's really beautiful. Yeah. That just had really that. romantic, yeah. doesn't it? Oh, I love a bit of that. Uh, well, what is your go-to sex song? We're going to go back to younger again, isn't it? Because Yes, you did mention. It was important when I was younger. Nowadays, it's not so... Uh, it was important because I felt like I had to set the scene. Yeah. And again, I think it was all about not feeling worthy enough, not feeling needed all the frills, needed all the bits and pieces to yeah. make the experience rather than just to be yourself or just to be. Whereas now yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah. But... I mean, I'm a massive R&B fan anyway, so I love that. My wife hates it. Oh. She's like, oh, it's just too whiny. And <laughs> like, yeah, it's sexy. She's like, no, it's not sexy to me. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and and then she'll tell me what she wants to play. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. actually, that is, that is sexy. Is it yeah. sexier than what you would have chosen? Well, she's a dancer. So my wife used to dance. Oh, um, yes. She was a professional ballerina. And, and wow. then um, when the Soviet Union crumbled... They had the first table dancing club in her city yeah. and then that become her career to provide for her family because yeah. her dad died when she was a baby and that's how she provided for her family, right? So she was yeah. in Switzerland for seven years and, and that's how I met her in Thailand. I went to one of them nightclubs out there, one of them. Yeah. Um, it was next level. I mean, that was a sexy place. Yeah. Just a Russian strip club. It was next level. It was a gentleman's club, but it was... I mean, I walked into her on the stage Dancing to Sade or No Ordinary Love. Oh, wow. That was powerful. I melted. I never melted before in the run. I just literally, my heart stopped. I was like, I need to sit down. I was with my mate. I said, I need to, I need to sit down, mate. I'm getting like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Does it love. love at first sight? 100%. 100 million percent. Is it? 100%. And that's always, people that go, men that go to those places, that is part of the fantasy. That's part of the game, right? Yeah. And, you know, should my wife educate me, their job is to take as much money as they can. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, it's in their best interest the to make you right. fall in love, yeah. Yeah, so it's playing playing with your emotions in that yeah. regard, right? But that was a reality. I just was like, yeah, brilliant. I'm just going to sit here. God. Um, yeah, it was, that, was, uh, that was powerful. It was fake because I then met her on the beach two days later. She was on the beach. I was like, I'm sure that's that. Girl, I was, is it? 
So I thought I'm going to go and have a look, and it, and it was. And I was trying, which could speak the language. And you know, if you don't know Russian people, they can be quite hard until they let yeah. you in. So I was like, oh, I don't know if this is going well. And then luckily, my mate I was with was a massive, big, um, big black guy, right? And he got bitten by a huge, and he got bitten by a sea urchin, screaming like a girl. <laughs> Icebreaker. <laughs> yeah. Help you. Ah, screaming. Ah, kind of. I was going, like, stop it, stop it. And then everyone was all concerned. And then she was up. I was like, yeah, keep screaming, keep screaming. Yeah. It's working. And she came over. I'm just swaddling along, like, loading along. I was just like, hello. Oh, Dribbling there. Like, oh. <laughs> I'm afraid that she's not what I'm saying. Oh, God, you're bitten by a Yeah, I know, just lying there. I think I need to go to the hospital. I was like, no, I've got a date lined up. Shut down. up. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, food, do you want to eat? I was like, brilliant. Yeah. You'd be all right, right, wouldn't you? Get someone to piss on it. Yeah, some old, yeah. Some old Thai lady whacking his foot with a glass bottle. <laughs> It's going to She's whacking my foot with a glass bottle. Well, I was like, yeah, I, I don't understand. I'll see you later. Yeah. See you back at the hotel. She looks like she's got this handle. <laughs> yeah. So that was a massive icebreaker. So that, that kind of that so worked, really. That was, uh, that oh was brilliant. God. She couldn't speak language. I, I taught her how to dutty wine. That was the first thing I taught her. Um, yeah, she knew how to dutty wine. She was just letting you carry on. I like that story. Yeah. That's, that's better. So, yeah, so that was, that was really sexy. That was quite a sexy. Yeah experience and it was just very exciting and I'd never been through any of that before in my life so so as a result I never need to go to those sort of places because you know you do want sort of stags and bits and pieces but I'm telling you she is phenomenal well you've got the dream haven't you really she is phenomenal I promise you it's next level because it's classy yeah some of these places they can be really trashy yeah and really because they can't move and dance and so they think oh I'm going to just do all this stuff and yeah no 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 you haven't even got to do that she's Classy, yeah. very, very classy. We heard a story the other week from the Blue Murder Girls, didn't we? And um, Carol was saying about her experience with an exotic dancer in Vegas, and that was very sexy, wasn't it? Yeah, she fell in love with... Yeah, she fell in love with a, yeah. a self-proclaimed straight woman, fell yeah. in love with, like, a Hawaiian dancer, yeah. female. Amazing. And was just like... Have all my money. Yeah. Have everything. <laughs> have all my money. Yeah, yeah, take it. Yeah, that's the thing. Before that conversation, I couldn't even comprehend feeling that way. But she really sold it, didn't she? Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and now I'm even more convinced. So, I mean, maybe the man I'm looking for is actually a woman. <laughs> <laughs> or just go to a magic bike show see what happens. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not into it. Not into not in, it. No, I don't know why. Because, I mean, it's got all the credentials oh, or something forget. I'd enjoy. Yeah. You're more into the belly dancing. You're yeah. like a Turkish man. Yes. I don't but, know, I find men dancing a little bit cringy. Yeah, exactly. It's not the same as it's women dancing, because even though I don't fancy women, when you see women dancing, you're like, I get why people fancy women, because they're like... Everything about it, yeah. Yeah, but when men yeah. are dancing, I don't know, there's something in me that's a little bit like, oh, God, no, stop doing that. Tonight. And we're limited, you can't do much. Yeah. Can't do much. It would have to be something really impressive. But like I remember the days of clubbing where people would actually dance, you know, like yeah, do right. routines. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you'd see sometimes like a little group crowding round and there'd be someone break dancing, maybe doing a backflip, that sort of thing. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. everyone's pissed, they're doing a backflip, I'm in. <laughs> um but yeah, but now just that oh no, just men dancing now. No. I think male dancers, I think the difference is when you go and see male dancers, they're on a stage. Yeah. And you watch it like a show. Yeah. And you you've got a scene a seat. Yeah. Whereas when you go to like a strip club, 
yeah with females because there aren't any male strip clubs that no, i know of not really no they're they're accessible yeah you can you get all the senses because you can smell them yeah you can see them and you can pay clothes. for a dance if you yeah. want yeah. like it's a whole different thing and you can casually have a drink or a chat with your friend yeah but these like male strippers strippers dancers whatever yeah. They're just on stage and you watch and that's it. And I just yeah. think that's why it's like cringy. You don't want to go and watch a show and be like... Mm. You just look thirsty. Yeah. 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 But then Susie loves it, doesn't she? And she she always falls in love with one of them. And then... Oh, well, she needs to go to a Russian one. I highly recommend it. In Thailand, they've got a few. One's called Moulin Rouge. Oh, my days. That's where I'm at. It's just next level. Just classy. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is. So she educates me on some of the music that she thinks yeah. is mm. sexy. But otherwise, I, I like artists. So I can't think of a particular song. But like Maxwell, sometimes you've got to crack out the yeah. Maxwell. You've got to get a bit of that smoothness. Um, Joe. I'm a massive Joe fan. Love Joe. Mm. Um, yeah, so I would say they're, 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 they're the go-to. I mean, yeah. I just used to... Because you think like people like... Boys to Men, when I grew up, yeah. they were like your breakup songs. They yeah. were your fantasizing and loving that person songs. Yeah. They were they were a big part of yeah. 13 to like 19. You know, yeah. they were a big, big, big part of it. Um, but yeah, so like people like Maxwell and Joe and Boys to Men, all that kind of stuff. I used to love all that stuff. Smooth R&B, that kind of lovemaking stuff. That was yeah. nice. You wouldn't be able to put like Boys to Men on anymore, would you? No, this is it. They'd be like, ah, oh, retro. Woo. Yeah, oh God, yeah. Can you imagine? But no, I think. But now it's it's changed, and it's more, you know, some of the some of the songs that Drake brings out is quite sexy. Yeah. Right. So it's that hard beat, you know. Some of that kind of stuff can be really nice, and um, yeah. So I think it's changed. It's not so soft, and that's more like your love making music. But actually, if you just want to pound, what are you gonna what are you gonna play? It's like well. Yeah. I don't really know because I don't really think I'm listening about for the music because I'm engaged yeah. in what I'm doing, right? So I don't know. What about you? What do you What do you like? All sorts of things. Such as? Uh, well, I've got a playlist. I can read out a yeah. couple. We have sex playlists. If you want. Okay. So they have like a selection of songs. I actually don't have a sex playlist anymore. I deleted it out of peer pressure and ridicule because... Right. Right, so I've got Mac, like to... Mac Miller. Oh, yeah. The weekend, yeah. The weekend, yeah. That's the yeah. governor. I've actually got Scroopiest Pip, yeah. someone here as well. Um, Nine Inch Nails, Madonna, Justify My Love, yeah. Having Six and Nine Inch Nails, yeah. It makes sense about you now, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. It's <laughs> one angry session, <laughs> and that tells me everything yeah. I need to know about you yeah. as a therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get some limp biscuit on there, some corn on there, some old school stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Miguel. Did I say Miguel? Miguel. No, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. They're just your go to, though. Miguel, The Weekend, Mac Miller. You can just go. Yeah. Like, you don't have to listen to it. It's just. just... Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Right. Oh. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my closer. Jesus. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit sexy, that wasn't it? Yes. Um, it. No, we can't. We're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> we can't afford that. You're going to have to edit that out now. Well, recently on Instagram, there was this um, guy who posted saying that he'd created a sex playlist and he used to put it on every single time he had sex with his girlfriend for three years, right? Same songs, every single time, 
three years. And this one particular song, um, what he'd done is he chose songs, not that he liked, but that he could match the rhythm to. Because he thought that was the formula to good sex. That's okay. why people listen to music whilst having sex. Anyway, mm. this song, this track that was accompanied by this little quote um, was fucking horrendous. It was like, um, you know when they go into the cantina in Star Wars and they're playing that... Cantina music. Yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> it was like that, but sped up and like really sort of like acid housey. Wow. It was horrible. And it was only after they had separated that she said, and do you know what? I fucking hate that playlist. And she'd been having sex with him for three years to it. Wow. That's a bit much, isn't it? Amazing. I mean, the first time it happened, you'd be like, this is weird. Second time, please don't put on that. Yeah. But three years. Mad. We used to do this sex toy that you used to plug into your iPod. Oh, iPod. Yeah, do you remember iPods? Yeah. And that used to vibrate to the beat. Yeah. And everyone fucking went mad for it. And I just thought, it's going to be annoying though, isn't it, when the song changed? Yeah. And yeah. you're going to come. Yeah. And, and then, then you the have to like, just wait. <laughs> and then what do you do if you get a real slow burner? Because some are like, you'd have to listen to like the Fantasia soundtrack, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> The bit where Mickey Mouse is picking up buckets of fucking magic water. Yeah, that one. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, God. (coughs) Right, last question. Um, What is the kinkiest thing you've ever done? I'm frightened to answer that question. <laughs> well, there's so many. You've done everything. Yeah, so. you've done everything. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. I'm in my mind. I'm in my mind. <laughs> um, I've lived a very sheltered life, really. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I genuinely struggled to answer that question. Uh, I think probably because I've heard so much from clients I've worked with that almost made me feel boring. Yeah. So I think, oh, I tried that. Or, yeah. you know, because remember, the kink doesn't really matter. It doesn't make you a sex addict. Yeah. Um, and I've heard so many, and I guess... Sometimes I don't know if, if they're my stories or their other, other stories. They <laughs> yeah. you know, just merged into one. Yeah. Did I do that? No, that wasn't yeah. me. Um, but no, I, I, and also I don't know if I was really, because you know, I tried some of this stuff when I was young and I didn't really get on with that, that sort of stuff. So yeah. I, I wasn't really into it, into spicing up the king. But I've always liked, um, I like feet. I've always liked women's feet. Just, yeah. just always have with the shoes, the slim backs. You can see the heel and the presentation. Just always does it for me. That is just yeah. very sexy. Like it's very kinky. And um, yeah, I mean that's just always been for me. And actually, it's not the first time. Then I've been with a lady who didn't speak English. There was another lady when I was younger, and um, she couldn't understand what I was saying. And I was trying to get to keep her shoes on. And oh. she thought I wanted to wear her shoes. So I oh. pleased to put the shoes on. Oh, no. I didn't understand that. And I didn't, I didn't, she, was, she got excited about it. I thought, oh, yeah. shit, do I need to put... I was like, this is weird. I was like, no, 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 I've got to take that off. So I did attempt it. But it was just, it was too much. That was too much. Um, but no, there isn't really... It's, I think I'm boring with that answer, really. I don't think there is one of the most... I, I don't know. I, I just... I, I think I'm more into um, the woman being 
sexy, yeah. you know, like dressing up. As, that just turns me on. I love, I love that, and I love that whole sort of show and the dancing and just the eroticism of that. Yeah. So me being the observer of that, I really get off on that. But I wouldn't be up there putting the niggas on and just doing a magic mic thing. It's just no. you know, I might at the end just take a piss and have a little yeah. joke, and then we're just laughing at that. There's yeah. definitely moments of that because oh, yeah. it's just a bit of humour, right? But otherwise. Yeah, I think I'm pretty boring for your for your podcast and answer on that. There isn't really, um, you know, role play stuff. I've done that, but nothing really major. Um, that I would say is particularly kinky. Um, not not as much as your stories. I've been, I've been listening to the podcast. <laughs> you guys have got some serious stories, some stuff to talk oh, about. God. Um, I don't know. I just think uh, I just didn't get on with the, with the. I think I just prevented me from doing that. And then I was more. Yeah. I think it was because I was also more. Um, more interested in making sure that my partner got pleasure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I mean, is that pretty normal? I mean, not, not everyone does foreplay, and, you know, and I was surprised to hear a lot of men don't actually do that. I was thinking, why? Really? Like, for me, that was... I'm a bit like that, though. I just think, come on. Well, <laughs> I'm wow. gonna fucking time for this. Yeah, I know, I know. That's probably not very, like, sexy or cool of me, but I do kind of just think, is this necessary? Wow. Should they we just get down wrong? to it? I mean, they did it wrong. Are you guiding them? Are you just holding the head and just saying, no, this way? Well, no. Like, I'll entertain it, but sometimes it just goes on a bit long and you just think, should we just, should we just not do that? That would probably be better okay. if we didn't do that. And that's why men don't do it. <sighs> yes, because there's me backing it up by going, <laughs> don't need to do that. Sorry, women. That I am reaffirming that. Sorry. Sorry about it. Or it's just, well, it's that alignment, yeah. isn't it? If she's not into it, you're not into it. And this yeah. is where the communication I'm not, not into it. I just kind of think the sex bit is the better, better bit. Fair enough. So It's what you prefer. Yeah. So, like, yeah. no, I want to be in the shop eating the ice cream. I don't want to be outside the shop looking at the ice cream. That's fine. I'll have a look and see what I like. Mm-hmm. But then I want to go in and I want to choose it and I want to eat it. And then I want to be done with it. Okay. But sometimes yeah. you want to taste all the little flavours at the beginning just to get the juices flowing. No, 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 no of, um, Delayed gratification. That's always. That's I, I think just, that's part of it. Back into power and control again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. No, for me, maybe not. <laughs> delayed gratification. Delayed no. gratification, Lena. <laughs> no. Not having it. Yeah. Watch it and get your juices flowing. Look, listen. I've had not had it for ages. So when <laughs> so I you'd get be the, bloody grateful when you receive yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Me. When I get the opportunity, I'm not yeah. fucking around. They might leave. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got to stick to the schedule that's here. That's the real reason. Yeah, that's the real reason. Like we got to get it done quickly, just in case you change your mind, <laughs> or just in case they have a heart attack and die. Well, yeah, that, it wouldn't be the happened. first time. It won't be the last time either. <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't. So, in terms of, I think the kink for me, my my kink really is about. There's not much I can offer. I've just got me and my penis. That's it. We're yeah. all, we're off and running, right? But with a woman, there's so much more. Uh, just, I think women are just so sexy compared to us. And I just think visually there's so much, you know, so I yeah. prefer that if, you know, dressing up and I absolutely love that. That just really gets me going. It's really, it's, it's erotic. Yeah. And it, and it is, and it is sexy. It adds to the experience. Um, definitely liked the being out of control. Definitely like that where a woman's completely dominant. Um yeah, it's all coming out now. Yeah, it's coming out. Yeah, yeah. See, the, it's flowing. Yeah, there's layers to like this, aren't they? Yeah. After saying there was nothing there to be yeah. had. Um, definitely had um, blindfolded and 
you know, the thongerings shoved in your mouth, that kind of stuff. I've had, a, yeah, I've enjoyed that kind of stuff where you, yeah. you know, that's that's quite nice. That's pretty kinky, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, and that's about it, I think. But I think generally people aren't like mental kinky. I think there's like a level, isn't there? You get people who are like proper, like out there with it. But I think if we're if we're going with numbers, I think people are just kind of. They like a bit of spice, and that's it. It doesn't yeah. go too far. But I'm also a primitive man, and there's too much stimulus. I can't concentrate. Just get rid of all the stimulus, and just I just need to do concentrate. Yeah. I think that's probably it. Probably ADHD coming out. I can't. Yeah. There's too many things. I've got to get that out. And this one, and what about this? And sometimes I just want to keep it simple. But um, yeah, I just, it was really interesting when you when you said that, that would be one of the questions you'd ask, and I was really struggling to answer that driving down, thinking actually, what what is that? And they really consider that. I think I've just got used to. I don't know if that's true. I think one day if I drive back, I'll be thinking all these things are much harder. But because I've been married for uh, 10 years and with the same partner for all that time and we've just got to know each other, I can't really remember some of that stuff. But I'm sure there was some weird shit that we used to do, I'm sure. Um, but Maybe we should be asking her these questions. Well, I'm thinking maybe maybe we... We can. <laughs> She's got yeah. probably more stories than I have. Way more, yeah. way more stories than I have of uh, things to tell. But um, yeah, so I think that's that's it, really. I think I prefer, yeah, what I, I like observing, and I think women are just beautiful. So if you put them in the right gear, fantastic. Yeah. I just think to me that is, I get off on that every time. Yeah. And that's my own sharing done. <laughs> sweating, <laughs> sweating. How did you find it? Yeah. No, no, it's been, do you know what, it's been really, really nice. I think what was um, weird about the whole process is it's not just three people having a conversation, you know there are going to be people listening to that, but the reason why I agree to it is because we need to get comfortable talking about this stuff, own, own our sexuality, you know, um, it doesn't matter, you know, I'm not doing that stuff now, I'm 41, I'm married, it doesn't mean my life is boring, yeah. mean my sex life isn't boring, right. it means I'm not doing such crazy wild stuff. Because I'm with the same person, but we can still do our crazy wild stuff together, right? Yeah. Um, but at the moment, there you have to find the times because I have a seven-year-old. Yeah. And we're working, she's working. There is that window, isn't it? Yeah. So like you could just walk in and go, right, over the kitchen counter now. Yeah. The little one walks in with a drawing. He's like, yeah. Ah, yeah, okay, yeah, wrong moment. So you have to, things change, you yeah. know, being a yeah. parent. But I think that's the other thing is we... We have to keep working at that stuff because mm. it is important you yeah. know, to me and, and to her. It's that connection, it's that oxytocin, all that lovely stuff. But there is intimacy. So, you know, we get that same amount of joy. Sadly, to, we are, like it or not, judge it or not, um, people are listening, but we love just sitting together, watching something together. Yeah. I, I literally love that bit. It just, just have to someone to do that with and just sit and watch some shit thing on yeah. TV or whatever and just hold them together is nice. But it's also great when we take that time with each other. Um so yeah, so I think um, yeah, just enjoy. So I think I slowed down. I think I've done, I think I think what it is, if I'm really honest, is I because I had a problem as well with certain stuff. I think it made me really evaluate what was my motive for doing certain things, yeah. and then I then I owned my sexuality, become more comfortable with who I am as a person. That I felt I didn't need lots of other thrills to make it what it was, and I could be really present. Yeah, it doesn't mean to say people doing that aren't present. It just that was just my yeah. journey. That's just been for me. But so the more we talk about this stuff, I think it's really, really important. Own it. You know, we've all done stuff and 
constantly reviewing and doing other stuff and I think yeah. we share we don't share that stuff that's why I like listening to the podcast because you go there I mean some of the conversations you have I was just like oh okay <laughs> one of your early ones I can't remember what it was now one of your early ones I was like can you say that and then one of you said I don't think we can actually say that can we say that well we said it now well, it's, I was just like yeah you know, and I thought, lovely. you know just yeah. big open and nice it's been brilliant I really enjoyed today thank you so much oh thank you so thank much for coming and thanks for being so honest with us uh, yeah, so anyway yeah. I, think I really I appreciate honest. it it's <laughs> <laughs> too bloody late now. <laughs> you guys should be therapists. Yeah. If people are telling you stuff, you're just bringing this. Yeah, bringing it out. but it's easy yeah. being a therapist, isn't it? You just sit there and you just people. If you don't say anything, yeah, people just have to feel the silence, don't they? Yeah, and then it just starts because there's nothing worse than silence. I'm terrible for it. If there is an awkward silence, I'm like, yes. Yeah, so um, the other day this happened, and you like, I hate it. I can't bear it. I absolutely love silence. I love I a silence be between silent. like us. Like if we're just sitting in silence, I like that. But when you're in a situation and everyone's talking and then then it stops, mm-hmm. I'm like awkward silences. Oh my, awkward silences are my worst because I just think I'd love to get you in a therapy room. <laughs> so much stuff revealed today. I just, I just <laughs> is that wrong for me to say that? I just, maybe it is, but I don't you've know. heard it here first. There's so, so much stuff. So, yes, I mean there's Brilliant. a lot of needs unpacking here, but. Yeah, you might I mean, want to. This is, yeah, it's probably best. <laughs> I think we've done that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Don't open that. Yeah. <laughs> this is my therapy anyway. I can feel that. I can feel it. Yeah. yeah. So remember, focus on what you want, yeah. not what you don't want. Get rid of impactful feelings of the past and learn to visualise the future. That's yeah. the key. That's what we need to move forward for. And keep speaking about, keep reaching out, keep listening and talking and communicating. Yeah. No matter what our issues are, doesn't matter. But yeah. it's only an issue if you think it is. You know, if it, if, it, if you think it's an issue, then go and, you know, people need to go out and reach out and deal with it. Like you talked about the couples yeah. and the communication and just sort of summarising everything as a, as a whole. Um, but it's about establishing positive sexuality this is what it's about that's why i said yeah i'll come to that because this is about establishing positive sexuality this isn't about gloating this isn't about shame this isn't about um look at what i've done it's not about um you know let's shame people you know you worked in an industry where you've got familiar with this language in this way which isn't familiar to everybody else yeah but when when someone meets you it's it's the confidence that you have in you that makes them feel good about it you know so if i've got a problem with the word wank and uh, you know cock ring and all that kind yeah. of stuff in a session if I'm freaking out as a therapist how do you think the client's going to be feeling right so yeah. you have to get familiar with that stuff so the more we talk about it the more we become open about this stuff this is this will be more helpful I think yeah thank you <laughs> even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.